two, one. Thank you for listening to Comics for Fun and Profit, episode number 403. And this is Kyle and Drew with your sneak peek at next week. And we have one extra additional person gracing us with his presence this week. We have Eric from Cowabunga Comics on the Skypes with us. So he's going to help lead us through what's coming out in your local comic book shops this coming Wednesday, the 27th of September. But before we get into what's coming out in your LCSs this week, Drew, what you got for us? Well, welcome, Eric. Uh, thank you, thank you. You are there, right? I am here. <laughs> Excellent. Fantastic. Well, we had a little question last week about um, if the fire breaks out in your house um, and all your your loved ones are safely outside and you have the time to run into the smoke-filled room and grab your, your precious favorite comic um, or comics, if you can... Uh, if you if you can't choose, we'd like you to choose. But if you can't choose, um, uh, what what do you grab and uh, and what is it that that you make it to safety? And is it a comic? Maybe it's not a comic. Maybe it's like a, a statue, or maybe it's a, a favorite toy or something. But uh, but we 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 threw it out there as a comic related item, and we've got some uh, some listeners who who chimed in. First was was Mike Myers who. Uh, Originally said Batman number three, so he has a Batman number three from the forties. Uh, that's an old one. That's, mm-hmm. th- that, that's a good choice, and he, he he edged that out over his giant size X Men number one, and um, then he had second thoughts, and and thought maybe he should just let them all burn together. <laughs> that uh, it just wouldn't be right to single one out of the other, so he probably just let them all burn as one, uh, one big happy family. <laughs> so he had, he he really really overthought this one, I think. But that's okay. Um, Bob Seifert, uh, he has a short box with only CGC comics in it. That's where his ASM thirty one signed by Stan Lee is. His annual uh, is um, Spider Man annual number one. His ASM 299, his Ultimate Fallout, his Ms. Marvel uh, 1, his Batman 361, and about 20 others. All in his little short box. So that's that's what he would go for. And he said, if for some reason I, I won't allow him to grab a short box in this scenario, uh, he has uh, a couple Marvel keys with Adam Hughes covers that he would grab. If he could, if that's all he was allowed to grab, so that's a pretty good choice. I think I think you have a short box right there handy, and it's got all your special stuff in it. That's okay. That's okay. Uh, Jason from Hawaii said he would grab in order of priority two sets of Crisis on Infinite Earths, um, Amazing Spider-Man Annual Twenty One, the wedding issue signed by Stan Lee, Gotham by Gaslight signed by Mike Mignola, and Electra Number One. Signed by Bill Sinkevich. Um, good choices. <coughs> good choices all. Uh, Juan Florencia, also known as Chili and Hustle. Uh, he said he would he would grab his giant size X-Men number one. Um, even though he has all his keys in, his, in one short box and he would like to grab that. Uh, let's see. David Brock. He has an ASM... 129 and a Hulk 181, uh, but he has no idea which box it's in. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. uh, I think I got. I know where he. I feel his pain. 
I feel this pain. I'd be struggling. I'd be sucking uh, smoke trying to find uh, what I was looking for. Trying uh, to find your ASM 300. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know it's not there. I know it's not there. Michael Lamb would pick up his uh, Saga number one. That's uh, CGC 9.8. So uh, all good choices. Um, Eric, what are you doing? Yeah. Because you've got... I, you've got them in a safe somewhere, don't you? Some of yours? Uh, some of my stuff I have um, tucked away in, in a safe deposit box for just this reason. Um, but, yeah. I, you know, the lion's share of my personal collection is sitting in my basement. So uh, when the question came out, I was really kind of struggling. What would I do? How would I do it? And what I kind of came up with is because I've got different sets of things that are important to me, um, I think I need to create a firebox so I can just put all the things that are important in it. So should that happen, I know exactly what box I'm going to get. So if um, if I'm doing that, the things that I'm going to toss in it are probably uh, my Why the Last Man number one. That has to go in there. Uh, I've got a couple mm-hmm. of sets of, uh, of series that I really like. So um, things like my JLA Avengers, I'll, th- I'll toss that in there. Uh Probably would uh, toss in some brew baker um, of some sort, and then I've got a couple of my CGC or CBCS books. Um, I have a Batman Adventures free comic book day uh, version that actually I took to get signed by Ty Templeton when he was at Wizard World Chicago a couple of years ago. And in that uh, the free comic book day version, there's always the white block where you can use your stamper for your store and put your store info on there. And I happen to have a blank one, and he drew a, a colored Harley Quinn peeking out of the box, uh, waving. And so I would definitely toss nice. that in kind of for the sentimental value. Uh, and then I would probably have to pick a few trades or hardcovers off of my shelf. So I think I'm going to, after we hang up tonight, I'm going to go and create my firebox <laughs> so that I'm ready to rock and roll. I don't have a first aid box, but I'll have a, a firebox for comics. <laughs> Priorities. That's right. Priorities. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, it, it really got some people thinking. Uh, some some folks also followed up and said, "You know what? I hadn't thought about it before, but now uh, your questions kind of made me reevaluate how I have things laid out and <laughs> stored, and I'm going to uh, I'm going to make sure I know exactly where everything is." So um, that's that's funny. Hope hopefully nobody ever needs to use. Yes, that. absolutely. Uh, but it, it 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 was it was an interesting exercise. And actually, I yeah, my wife. My wife's a firefighter by trade sometimes, so I'm just hoping she has this under control and I don't have to make this decision. <laughs> you know, it's we, we talk yeah. about losing collections, and um, one thing that's kind of interesting, as a retailer, we have various uh, private retailer Facebook groups open to us through different publishers, and, and then there's kind of one conglomerate one that a lot of retailers are in, and um, with all of the flooding and devastation in Houston, uh, there was one retailer who I thought did something kind of cool. Uh, his best friend was a first responder in Houston, and he had to make a, a choice, make a decision of, do I save my comics and my collection, or do I just get out of my house and go help people? And he obviously chose the latter and pretty and lost his entire collection. Uh, so oh. what this retailer did was he reached out to all the other retailers and said, hey, you know, my, my friend lost his collection. It's predominantly modern stuff. Uh, we're going to try and go through and create a list. But if anyone on this you know channel would be willing to chip in a couple of books, you know, and send them down, I'd like to rebuild this collection as much as I can. 
Uh, and admittedly, the guy didn't have uh, a ton of keys and high, high dollar books. So that makes it a little bit easier. But, um, you know, that's a case where unfortunately reality hits and, and the comics were given up for the, the better cause. So um, to all the first responders that have to make that decision, that's got to be rough. But, um, you know, a number of us retailers are kicking in trying to, uh, as the list comes through with the books he had, put together what we can and try and get them sent down to him. So hopefully we can get his collection back together soon. Very cool. Nice. Very cool. Yeah, that is cool. I, 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 uh, I can send him some image, 90s image stuff. <laughs> I got plenty of that. You know, every collection needs padding. <laughs> exactly. Um, uh, speaking of padding, Valiant is uh, putting out the most variant cover of all time. Which is going to have every variant cover, incentive cover gimmick of ever thought of. Die cuts and lenticulars and and foil covers. Yeah, uh, I thought this was a really funny idea, and I was excited to place my order for one. And then the details came out that uh, for retailers, they can get one copy. For every 250 copies of Quantum and Woody that they order, so Eric, uh, how how big how big, how many Quantum and Woody uh, fans you got up in Wisconsin? Will you be able to sell 250 copies of of Quantum and Woody? No, not a chance. Um, we, I think we would you be able to sell 25 copies of Quantum and Woody? Uh, maybe if we put Tom Henry outside with a stand. <laughs> but uh no we we don't have uh, a whole lot of subscribers one it, that's you know comics are a tough thing because they sell differently in different markets and uh valiant we've tried really hard to to push yeah. in our store you know in a good way and certain things catch on like bloodshot bloodshot's been a huge one for us and some just don't and right now uh quantum and woody uh faith and there's a couple other ones out there just aren't doing it for us. Ninjack is pretty good. Bloodshot's good. Um, so yeah, for us, I mean, it, it would be, we would have a ton of issues sitting on the shelf and without any sort of deep discount, like what Marvel does when they get to their really high variants on books that maybe right. don't sell as well. So like a moon girl and devil dinosaur, uh, they might have a deep discount if you exceed 150% or 250% of your previous order or something like that. Um, Valiant's not doing that, which is, is a shame. So, uh, you know, you just got to figure, just assume a 50% discount for, for, you know, discussion's sake. You've got 250 books. It's a $4 book. You're looking at putting 500, 500 in. Bucks. Uh, so... It's, it's a steep uphill. So 500 to get that variant. That's probably the starting price for that variant then. Right. I, I think you're going to find it for less for some of the shops that, that do sell a decent amount of Valiant. Because there are some out there. We see them and we're envious of them. But, um, yeah, for us it would be – it might be one of those those variants where we say, yeah, we could order it. It's going to be pretty high. You may be better off trying to find a different place that can get it and ship it to you. So, yeah, I mean it was kind of a, a funny – thing that they're doing but um i don't know how many of them are going to sell it'll be interesting to see could be a, a pretty rare book if you can get it i i haven't seen anybody pre pre-selling it on ebay yet but um uh, i'll be curious to see what that what that dollar is um 
yeah, because I, I thought it was I thought it was a funny idea. I was willing to go to double digits on it, maybe, <laughs> but uh, no, I'm not going to triple digits for for it. Um, so uh, yeah, it's too bad. It's too bad, and and I wondered how many, just how many stores could even could even take a flyer unless they had money in hand for that for that from a from a customer or something to even to even you know buy the 250 to throw in a long box and and not sell right right yeah and especially without a deep discount that gets you down farther that's what makes it tough and that's where some of the marvel stuff kind of tips you from i don't want to touch it because i have to bring in you know 150 of a book but that extra 15% sometimes can be enough to say, well, actually, if I was to order 80 of them, I would pay this much. If I order the 150, I'm only paying, you know, 20 bucks more, but I'm getting 70 more books. You know, there, there kind of becomes this point where you say, well, it's actually more, it's worth it because then I can collect all these other variants along the way. Yeah, and it's, it doesn't seem to be that way. It seems you, you do the 250 to get one copy. Right. And and then I, so I am assuming another two fifty to get another copy. Correct. No, it's limited to one. No, it's limited to one. Yeah, I think it is. This one is a limited to each retailer, and I think I read somewhere where, you know, extreme cases there might have to be allocations, but I don't know if that's going to happen. I don't know what their print run is going to be on it. I can't imagine it being very high. I I would be surprised if there was more than fifty. Yeah. of these out there, mm-hmm. I would be very very surprised. Um, so that that that's interesting. I'd, I'd love to see one when it goes up. I'll take a look at it uh, up close. I think it'll be fun. But um, yeah, kind of missed the mark. It would be nice to have one for um, those of us who are just just uh, curious about it. But in order to be the most variant variant ever, it has to have that high ratio. That's true. You're right. You're right. That's part of it. Um, Michael Lamb says, "Kill the Minotaur," or Minotaur has been optioned as a feature film. Uh, to, for him, it's been a good story so far, so he's going to see if it uh, ever makes it to the screen. That uh, I, I was something that I was not uh, interested in at all, so I didn't even I didn't buy any and I didn't read it. Did, uh, did you end up reading that, Kyle? I read the first one. It was interesting. I don't remember a ton about it, but I have, I think, three copies of it because uh, it looked pretty pretty neat at the very least, so... I also will be rooting for it to go to a movie. <laughs> um, is this something that sells at Cowabunga? We've got a couple subscribers to it. Uh, it did not catch fire. I know I have the first issue somewhere in one of the piles beside me, but I cannot remember what it was, which makes me think that I have not read it yet. Um, I do have certain stacks that are much older than others that I haven't read, so my memory is even worse than Kyle's. <laughs> yeah. And this is part of that Skybound deer, so Robert Kirkman and the Skybound team uh, are teaming oh. up with Universal to adapt it. Okay, so yeah, they they kind of optioned three things, right? They have there's there's three things they can option for that deal, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Out of Skybound, I'm not Maybe. sure. Or no, it's like a two year deal. I don't know. I don't remember. Doesn't matter. Um, oh yeah, this but, is also the guy that wrote uh, Red Dead, the video game. So that's right. That's that's why I was originally. Attracted that's why to you it. were more interested than me. Yeah, that's that's it. Okay. Well, I, what I have read is Mister Miracle, and its first issue is now in its third printing, 
and its second issue is rushed to a second printing. Um, this thing is hot, Eric. Yep. Very hot. Uh, we we are sold out of the first issue, both first and second print. Uh, so the third one will be good. The second issue, we were able to up our orders on FOC, so we still have, I think, three copies in the store, and we ordered heavier than we normally would, so that's good. Uh, it's definitely stuff that is, you know, Tom King, uh, with his vision work, hit it out of the park. His Batman stuff, I think, is hit or miss, but the uh, Mr. Miracle is taking off pretty much like the vision and we talked about it in the shop actually a couple of us did and i think what we kind of settled on was where tom really seems to kind of take it to the next level is on these characters that were either former a-list characters uh, and now b-list or maybe just forgotten heroes that he's really able to kind of piece together um, a really deep story something that is uh, hearkening back to an older age without having to have the the baggage of decades of heavy storytelling attached to it. Um, so things like Mr. Miracle and Vision for him are just you know fantastic. It's it's been one that we've we've really enjoyed uh, reading, really enjoyed selling, and it has kind of sparked a little interest in Mr. Miracle. Um, so a lot of our Mr. Miracle back issues have been flying out of the bins lately. Uh, we have a couple of Mr. Miracle action figures that came in that have been selling. So it's all in all, it's kind of got Mr. Miracle a little bit more um, FaceTime, which is great. I, w- I wondered about that because I, I knew you, know, you can you, you, you run across Mr. Miracle uh, previous volumes in uh, dollar bins and stuff all the time. And I, I wondered if, if this new interpretation new new telling would get people excited about some of those previous volumes and have them go hunt for that stuff so it's good to hear that they're doing that and uh, i always like when when uh, kind of a, a new take reinvigorates uh uh you know the the long box hunters uh to go go find some of that stuff and and dig it out and read it yeah and i think that the way that tom has been writing the story there's a lot of background and history that people need to learn about so they're not afraid to jump in to find those back issues uh some of the you know like the first one is usually between a i don't know 20 and 60 dollar book easily based on condition some areas it might go a little bit higher but uh, beyond that most of them are fairly attainable for a reasonable price and they also idw i believe also did a mr miracle artist edition uh so oh, really? people you know like that old kirby art and stuff and want to dig in on a little bit more full size full page size uh, i believe that there are plenty of shops that still have that and it may actually still be orderable i could actually uh check instead of just speculating but um <laughs> <laughs> those are usually what 125 dollars yeah they're usually around 100 to 125 just depending on uh what the price is and a lot of those original ones yeah, uh, Jack Curry, Mr. Print. Miracle Artist Edition is still available in stock through Diamond, and it includes uh, da, 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 seven, seven nearly complete Mr. Miracle stories, issues 2, 3, 5, 6, 7, 8, and 9, and more pages from other things, a uh, total of 200 pages hardcover, so yeah, that is out there, and then there you, we can also... Order as of earlier this year, um, the Mr. Miracle by Jack Kirby trade paperback, which has uh, 
issues 1 through 18. And that is 448 pages, retails for $29.99. God bless you, DC. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Also, Batman the Red Death. uh, That is not even... Or it just came out, right? It just came came out, and it's already going back to a second print. Oh, and I should add, uh, Mr. Miracle, number one, third print, number two, second print, and then this Batman Red Death, number one, second print. All of them are FOC on Monday. So if anybody wants those, um, check with your retailers to get them. And if you can't, send me a message by noon central time on Monday, and I can get you squared away but um yeah they're all foc but the batman red death we ordered up again for pretty much everything with dc we've been continuing to increase our orders and i think we have two on the shelf right now and that was as of four o'clock this afternoon so uh, they, they're probably gone by now <coughs> yeah i was uh kind of lukewarm on metal at first and uh it's sucking me in man i i read i read the nightwing uh, not the Nightwing, the Teen Titans, the Teen Titans yep. metal mm-hmm. tie-in. I was like, "Ooh, this is cool! <laughs> this is really cool!" And so I'll I'll go to Nightwing and Suicide Squad. I think I'm going to start following around and picking up all this stuff because, I, although I don't really understand all of it, <laughs> it's uh, it, there's enough fun stuff in there that uh, it really it really is kind of exciting. You were a little bored with it before uh, me- you read Metal 2, and I, I advise you to read yep. Metal 2 because I liked how that uh, did some things. Did that help change you at all? I, I still think there's some some stuff that's just convoluted and and, and overly clom- complex for me, but I, I there's enough cool stuff in it that I'm like, ooh, look at that character doing that thing. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, and, and there's You're going to get a lot of that in, in uh, Red Death. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So, I'm, I, yeah, I am. Um, uh, you know, I, when I said I wasn't going to do that for Secret uh, Empire, and I ended up chasing a lot of that, those side quests. Uh, and I said I wasn't going to do that for Metal, and I'm doing it. So I'm a liar. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're doing um, what they're I supposed get to do. Sucked in. Yeah, they're sucking yep. me in. That's good. That's good. Um, now let's see. Mighty Thor's coming out. Uh, the 700th issue. Uh, there's problems with the lenticular. Right, uh, every there's the, all the lenticulars are are going to be interesting to see what shakes out. Nobody knows what's going to happen. Uh, I think the one thing that we are all certain of is that our lenticular orders for Legacy Number One should be fully filled. I don't think there's any question on those. It's everything after that that we're kind of waiting to see how it shakes out. But the big thing uh, with Mighty Thor 700 is that uh, Marvel is touting this as the beginning of jane foster's death so for the spec hunters out there just keep an eye i thought it was the death of thor not jane foster specifically but people were just surmising that it was going to be jane foster uh so jason aaron did an interview where he talked about the cancer in jane uh starting to take hold so okay all right so that's uh the, the other big change, I guess, is that uh, the unworthy Thor has cut his hair and found a shirt. <laughs> but, but yeah, so for the spec folks out there, um, it sounds like there's going to be a s- couple stories or a couple of books in a story arc here about the death of what appears to be, according to Jason Aaron, the death of Jane Foster. Um, so if anyone's out there looking for that, just be aware. 
Yeah, um, that's sad. I, I I really like that character, so it's too bad. But um, you know, nobody dies forever. That's right. She's like she's she maybe she's going to be like a, a phoenix. She will rise again from the ashes. There you go. Okay, what is Batman versus Harley Quinn Statue Gate? <laughs> it sounds ominous. Yeah, so there was a a really really uh, high end Batman versus Harley Quinn. Uh, I'm actually trying to look it up right now if I can find the uh, real stuff. Um, statue that was solicited and came out and it's basically it's Harley Quinn and Batman kind of battling on a Joker's um, what looks like a roller coaster and there was a couple of people started asking some questions of DC uh, saying you know hey this something doesn't seem to be looking quite right here. The foot pegs aren't fitting in and it looks like somebody at the warehouse tampered with the, um, the cape. Cause there's a, uh, the hyenas are there. One's biting on Batman's cape. And so it's called Batman versus Harley Quinn battle statue. Um, and basically what's going on is that the way that it was constructed, uh, it appears as though, one of the pegs that holds one of Batman's feet in position, you have to kind of separate, pull his cape a little bit and bend it back so that you can get him slotted in. But the cape is not made of a bendable material. So people are trying to get these things put together and they're snapping the capes. Oh. So if you... And it's not cheap. Uh, no, it's a $375 item. Jeez. Wow. So if you are hunting for one of those, word to the wise, <laughs> just look for a complete one. Um, and if you ordered one, maybe don't put it together. <laughs> but <laughs> it's cool looking statue. I'm looking at a it's picture. It's really right cool. Now. Yeah, and it's big. I mean, it's a big piece. So a diamond or a DC actually put out a video on how to put it together and show show it how they delicately kind of pulled the cape a little bit to get everything to slot in. Um, but it's kind of interesting, and, and about the best thing that I can figure out is because one of the pegs is on Batman's leg that is bent, so the peg is kind of going almost perpendicular to where the other leg peg is, that that's where the problem is coming in, where you got to try and separate it and bend it so you can get the pegs in far enough, and then the legs go back to where they should be. But yeah, so that's, there's quite a little uh, discussion going on about that. So if anybody had that statue on order, um, just be aware of it. Maybe don't put it together if you don't need to. <laughs> that that's that's a a road I do not want to go down. I do not want to start that slippery slope of of these statues because you know I saw uh, I saw a Moon Knight that was just like beautiful. I'm like if I do uh-huh. that, I'm going to I, I'm going to start wanting these things all the time, and none of them are cheap. <laughs> none <laughs> they, of the good they ones really add up. <laughs> none of the good ones are cheap. No, so. Uh, uh, Kyle, you you got a couple statues, don't you? Mostly video game related and, and certain tchotchkes that come with uh, collector's editions in that regards, but none of the the super high end stuff. Now, do you just carry them in the store, or do you have some of your own, Eric? I don't have any of my own. I have a few of like some of the smaller DC action figures, um, a couple of Funko Pops, more just like the desk tchotchke type things that I can I can have. I don't have any of the Diamond Select or the um, the artifacts, the Kai statues, things like that. We do have some in the store, and we do have some people that come in and get them. Um, but I've almost purchased every single one of those Kai statues, so I'm so glad I haven't jumped there yet. Yeah, they're 
some of them just have incredible detail on them. It's really cool. Are you, Drew? You were talking about a a Moon Knight one. Is it the Marvel premiere Moon Knight where he's kind of on the the building, the rooftop corner? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think that was it. Yeah, it it was really neat. It was in the back of, of previews once, and I was like, holy moly, that's awesome. Um, but yeah, I I always stayed away from that stuff earlier because you know I wanted to, I wouldn't want to not let my kid play with them, and I w- and if I had something that expensive, I wouldn't have let my kid play with them. And now, now she's older, so it wouldn't matter. But I guess I could now. Um, but at the time, that was my rationale because um, I definitely wouldn't want them breaking him if they were that that nice. Right. Yeah, or you got to buy a display case, and yeah, it's just yeah. Who wants to do that? <laughs> I don't like to dust. I don't like to dust. So what are you gonna do? Um, Full Bleed by IDW is now a Kickstarter, you're saying? Yes, so Full Bleed is a new thing coming up from IDW, kind of spearheaded by uh, their, kind of their, I think he's kind of the equivalent to Dan DiDio and Jim Lee at IDW, but his name's Dirk Wood. Um, and what this is, it's going to be a quarterly comics and pop culture kind of comic-related uh, hardcover magazine. And it's it's quarterly, and I think it's going to retail for 25 bucks an issue, um, 200, 200 plus pages, and they put it on Kickstarter. We're hoping to raise 50000 and it's just, I think it's been out there maybe a week, a little bit over, and it's already over $60,000. Uh, they are doing some really cool stuff. They're not putting it through Diamond because of all sorts of different reasons with getting it in the catalog, getting storage space, etc., and but being quarterly, it makes it a little bit more difficult. Um but I wanted to call it out because it looks like a really, really cool publication where they're going to do some behind-the-scenes interviews with certain people. Um, Alan Moore, Stephen King, they're in the first issue. And it's really this is really a, a publication by comics people for comics people. So it's going to have a lot of industry inside stuff. Um, could have a lot of really, really cool information. They're doing a, a neat promotion, so if you as an individual want to you know, back the Kickstarter, it's 25 bucks and you get the, the first issue. You can do a hundred and get the, the year's worth. And I think you get a free slip cover or something like that for the four of them. Uh, but for retailers, they're doing a buy one, get one free. If you have a diamond account, which really allows us to get a, a margin that we can actually resell them. So I would just urge you all, um, if anyone's interested in it, go to your retailer, ask them about it and see if they're planning on getting any in, uh, and if they, they aren't, then maybe you can convince them and maybe they'll give you a couple bucks off. But uh, I just wanted to toss it out there for everyone. I'm kind of on the fence. I think I might get one for myself because I kind of want to check it out and just see uh, what it's like. I, I've met Dirk a couple of times at different retailer events, and uh, he has a ton of energy and enthusiasm for the industry, which is, is really great. Um, has a just he i don't know if you see his picture in the actual previous catalog they drew a little cartoon of him he's got like einstein hair uh he's got a really gravelly voice he's quite the quite the persona but uh i just want to call that out i think it's really cool and and there might be some listeners out there that want to check it out okay let me let me poo poo on your parade a little go ahead now poo away uh um (laughs) now when uh archie did this with a they wanted to put a comic out through through kickstarter um we reigned ire upon them until they they slunk away and got in the corner why doesn't why doesn't idw just put this out why do they need a kickstarter to do it uh, so they're a corporate they're a corporate 
comic company. Sure. So I think that there's a couple of differences, and I'm not saying it's right or wrong. Uh, the first and, and to me biggest difference is that you're talking about a, a quarterly um, high-end specialty product versus a monthly periodical comic. And I think okay. that that's a, a huge difference. Um, the other thing is that the volume of this book, as far as what they're printing, is going to be very small. It's going to be basically to order, and that's it. They're not going to have any excess stock other than you know maybe a few 10% overage for damages or something. Um, so the stock is expected to be smaller. And um, I, from what I understand, the plan is that they're going to go to Kickstarter for each issue and they're going to do that for, for two reasons. Number one, uh, if a retail outlet does not want to carry the book, it provides um, retailers a safety net in saying these people can't go to Amazon and get it. They're not going to sell this on Amazon. It's only going to be through Kickstarter or through retailers. Uh, the cost of putting it in Diamond for such a low print run is basically going to have to jack the price up even more of the items. So they didn't want to do that, which is why they gave the retailers a two for one, which is basically a 50% discount, which is roughly what IDW's standard discount is once you start to order a certain amount of product. So even if you're the tiniest of mom and pop shops in the world and you only have a 35% discount, you can still get this at a 50% discount and have that 50% markup. So they're kind of doing it as more of a help to the retailer and the consumer than a hindrance. Whereas with the Archie book, that was purely a give us money so that we can get this comic book out here and get it started and going, even though our entire publishing company is based on monthly comic periodicals. So there's a little bit of a difference. Uh, for me, okay. I view it differently. But then again, like I said, it's not right or wrong. It's just kind of where it is. That's cool. That's cool. So it, it's kind of like, like a super fanzine almost. Then. Yeah, it's basically a fanzine on steroids uh, by industry people who have all the industry connections. Okay, interesting. Um, we've got some August numbers to discuss. Uh, so if you're playing along at home, you can head over to Comicron um, to check out the numbers. That's where I'll be viewing it. Or you can go to, uh, to a comic book page or icv2 uh they all they all have their numbers up um first and foremost the the overall market share once again goes to marvel uh 35 percent of the dollars and almost 40 percent of the units uh sold were marvel were marvel books uh dc came in at uh, 31% of the books and 28% of the dollars. Of course, they do have the lower 299 price point. Um, Image got around 10% for both units and dollars, um, which is where they've been for a while. They occasionally can get up into the uh, 11s, um, but um, they, they kind of come back down a little bit depending on um, the, the big two and what their month is like. IDW kind of stays with its fourth place finish at almost 5% of the dollar share and uh, almost 4% of the units. Dark Horse at 3% and 2% dollars to units. Dynamite, 25 to 4% dollars to units. Boom, 2% to 2% of dollars and units. Titan's just a, a, a percentage and a half. Um, and then Viz and Oni around a percentage and under a per under a half percent for Viz and under 0.82 for Oni. 
Um, and uh, no, not uh, nobody else really uh, making the list. Uh, so how's this breakdown reflect in your shop, uh, Eric? Is is Marvel the the big seller up there, followed by DC and Image? Um, well, I don't know as if Marvel is necessarily the big seller. We get more volume of Marvel in in spurts based on their deep discounts and their percentage tiers. And then we do have a couple of variant hunters that uh, specifically do more Marvel than anything, especially because the DC ones are open to order. <clears throat> this, oh, gotcha. the, the toughest thing and the thing that I think both Johns and Milton always talk about is that their numbers are sell in, not sell through, right? So this is what True. retailers take True. in. Um, James and I will be the first to admit that of all of the publishing companies, the one that we sell through darn near everything we have every week is DC. We continue to up our orders. Our DC new rack continues to get thinner and thinner, uh, which is one of the greatest problems to have. So so it's possible that you're, you might be bringing in more Marvel like is reflected nationwide in the other stores bringing in more Marvel, but you're selling more DC. Right. Our sell-through percentage is higher for DC. As far as the dollar share, uh, that one I would have to actually go and take a look. But um, we make more on the Marvel variants. Uh, we do not raise the prices on our DC variants. We know a lot of stores in our area do. They'll add two, three bucks to the you know open-to-order variants. Um, but by and large, uh, what we're bringing in probably is close to these percentages. Some weeks higher, some weeks lower for Marvel and DC based around it. But then Image, uh, Image basically lives and dies on its main staples and then the number ones that are coming out. So obviously Walking Dead and Saga. Walking Dead, Saga, right. and, and then number ones. Right, and then predominantly okay. number ones. I mean, there's some ongoing titles that we have on sublists, but we don't, uh, we don't tend to stack too deep on Image titles uh, just as a general rule, think like we we did for things like revival. It was still going, um, you know. Just there's certain books that have the pedigree and are there that we'll we'll get an extra couple for the shelf. But um, by and large, most of most of what we're trying to get to the back shelf is is very little. Um, Dark Horse, IDW, Dynamite, they're all kind of they're all kind of down there. Boom. Um, I'm going to be interested to see if the boom numbers go up here over the next couple of months because of Boom's um, retailer-friendly program that they have that allows us the first two issues of most new series are returnable, full returnability. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if those numbers tick up. And uh, they had, we also had IDW's um, Star Wars Adventures, I think will be on the next month. So that one um, might be interesting to see how it changes. Um, Did that do well for you guys? Yeah, it did all right. Uh, we we ended up bringing in quite a few of them because they had some variants that we had a one of our uh, customers want. So we did. I think we brought in 150 copies, something like that, uh, which is yeah. a ton considering normally a, an IDW book for us gets maybe three, four, unless it's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Then we then there's a pretty healthy chunk. Um, just kind of look down the other publishers and see if there's anything that we probably, uh, so Aftershock is down pretty low, half a percent of, of, uh, retail market share and half a percent of unit market share. We do pretty good with Aftershock. Um, that's one that actually does treat us well. Aftershock for us outdoes Fantagraphics, Action Lab, Archie, Valiant, Random House, Avatar, Oni, 
Viz, and it's neck and neck with Titan. Uh, Titan, we do have a couple of Doctor Who folks, so that does help. But yeah, Aftershock. That's five or six comics a month right there, just for Doctor Who. Right, right. But yeah, Aftershock, I think, is an outlier on this list for us. Um, yeah, and Viz, we do we do pull in manga, so we have some Viz uh, stuff that comes in. A lot of Disney comics that come in. Um, trying to think, Yen Press, we also get a couple of, of uh, manga you, from them. Are you and James equally uh, versed in manga, or one of you kind of is the manga expert? Uh, Sam is probably the biggest manga expert, and then myself okay. and... I don't know if James knows how to spell manga yet. We've been working on it. Um, we've got the tracing letters out for him, but he hasn't quite finished the uh, the worksheet. Because it's it's a it's a wide world. Um, so yeah, I think that would be tough for a retailer that didn't know uh, the the market very well what what to bring in. You know, besides Attack on Titan and a couple of the other big ones. You know, I mean, I think. It, it'd be a challenge because there are so many books. Yeah. And I guess that's a, that's a hat tip to James. So we had a very minimal manga presence because he didn't know anything about it. And he is by and large, the one in the shop. Sam's there, obviously uh, nights and, and uh, Friday night magic and pre-release things. But uh, James is the one that's there. Probably 60% of the hours at the shop is open and he's just not comfortable or wasn't comfortable selling manga. However, as we did our quarterly you know, comic crawls and would look at the shops, he would see each one had a manga presence. And, uh, he kind of said, okay, Eric and Sam, you guys know what sells you kind of, he, he's gone on and done the research to see things like, Oh, ghost in the shells got some, some hype coming up. Um, yeah, things like that. So he's aware, he knows what some of the bigger title names are. Uh, but he's really given us the liberty to say, hey, if you want to try manga, let's start pulling in some of these titles. And so we've got a mix of things like Death Note, Attack on Titan, Ghost in the Shell, Berserk, Bleach, Naruto, One Punch Man. One Punch Man. We've got things like that. But then we also have some of the newer things. Um, like for kids, we have the Disney Kalala Princess, which sold really well for us. Uh, we've got there's a new series out that I've been kind of championing to a lot of people. and Everyone that's gotten it has loved it as Golden Kamui. The, the second volume just came out. It's fantastic. I'd highly recommend that. Um, so, I mean, it's it's really... Manga is one of those things that it does take a lot of knowledge to, to kind of be an expert, but um, there's some really good little pockets in there that you can find. Um, like myself, I like Death Note, Golden Kamui, Black Butler. Um, my wife reads a lot more manga than I do. Hers is a different, completely different style than what I like and that's kind of a you know one of the cool things about mangas there are it's, it's a very wide world I think it ties back to four or five main styles of who they're written for younger teenage boys teenage girls adult boys adult girls you know mm-hmm. things like that but um, yeah it, it's good stuff and we're starting to see a growing presence of it yeah the, the subset of, of teenage girl manga and young young adult uh, women that read manga and it's just a, it's a totally different um, batch of manga that is, you know, they're cosplaying and, um, and reading religiously and devouring all of it. it it's, it's really a cool gateway for uh, that audience into, into comic shops. So um, yeah, I think that's the growth potential there. Definitely. And, yeah. Um, and it's a good value proposition because they're usually between nine and $12 for two to 300 pages. So, Oh yeah, you know it's similar to the image um, 
Damage 999 first trade volumes. You really do get a good value for your money as far as content. Very cool. Well, August was a, a big month compared to July overall. We've, we're uh, up 9.5% over July. Um, and August over in graphic novels were up 20% over, over July. So either July was terrible or August was really good. And so uh, uh, I don't know if, you, if your July was bad or you just felt your August was stronger. Um, I think August was stronger because we had, uh, I believe, three Secret Empire issues. Uh, You've got Metal, and uh, Batman continues to to be strong. So uh, I I just think from that alone... Oh, and I think we had some maybe four four Generations titles. So you had a lot of Marvel um, special issues. I don't know if they're calling them events, but uh, obviously Secret Empire was an event. But there's a lot of... um, additional books out there that were capturing more than just the subscriber list. So yeah, I would say August was up for that reason and, and probably that reason alone. Uh, now the bad news, um, August, 2017 over versus August, 2016 comics down 25% graphic novels down 10%. Um, and year to date, uh, comics are down 10%. Graphic novels down 12%. Um, so uh, 2017, not as strong as 2016. Um, is that all all because of Rebirth? Yep, because uh, last year? in, let's see, the August numbers for last year, you had, oh wait, let me get myself on the right, right page here. So, yeah, so we had last year at this time, the August numbers had just a ridiculous amount of number ones. We had things like the Harley Quinn number one was out there. We had All-Star Batman number one, Suicide Squad one, uh, Suicide Squad Rebirth. You had Supergirl number one, Deathstroke Rebirth, Superwoman. So there's a lot of number ones. We had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven books over 100,000 last year. One, two, three, four, five, five over 90,000. So, I mean, it was, we were just putting out paper products like no one's business. So that's going to be the big, the big difference between the two years. Now, the, and when it comes to uh, shipping comics, uh, nobody does it better than Marvel. Marvel shipped 106 comics uh, in August compared to DC's 78. Image is strong 62. Um, and IDW did 56 and then everybody else was 30 and below, um, and the number of comics they shipped, uh, the troubling part number there for me is images shipping 62 comics in order to capture 10% of the market and DC, you know, just a few more in order to capture 30% of the market. So they're much more efficient with the amount of comics that they're shipping. Uh, their average comic is selling much, much stronger. And DC's trying to make up, or Image is trying to make up for it in volume, <coughs> a la uh, Marvel. And it's, it, it's really, it's really got to be pulling their average down. 
Um, so it's like you said, it's it's Walking Dead saga and then everything else. Yeah. However, you switch over and if you if you end up looking at trades when the when the trade numbers I think the trade numbers are released I can I can see them anyways I'm assuming you guys can yep I yep. mean you look yep. at the the top ones you've got Paper Girls is number one God Country is number three Killer Be Killed is number four Reborn is number seven uh, Old Guard is number nine so I mean you've got one two three four five in the top ten uh, being image trades so uh, even though their their single issues are selling less they are definitely you know, powerhouses when it comes to the trades. And I'm, I know that Amazon reflects that as well, uh, in their, their sales. When you start looking at like where saga and paper girls, and I'm sure God country too, where they rank as far as, um, graphic novel sales charts go, they're usually pretty high. Oh yeah, definitely. They're, they're definitely doing well in the Barnes and Noble, um, space, Amazon space. Um, and 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 other retailers where the where they can that's not really reflected in diamond numbers, mm-hmm. uh, definitely with those trades. Um, but we don't really have visibility on that, unfortunately, to uh, put hard data with that. But uh, anecdotally, we see it, and we do occasionally see book scan numbers, and those book scan numbers really kind of show the power of uh, the mass market, right? Right, and uh, the folks buying buying them that way. And uh, you know, don't don't get me started on libraries where. Uh, there's 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 a whole audience of people out there uh, that that unfortunately never set foot in great great shops like Cowabunga. They just go to their library to read and uh, <coughs> get their comics that way. Um, there's nothing wrong with that, and then they save themselves a lot of money. Um, but those are never reflected as well. Correct. Let's um let's look at some actual actual comics. Uh, the, and some of the sales numbers that they did top in the charts, Dark Knight's Metal, uh, two hundred and sixty-two thousand copies sold to retailers, almost two sixty-two, two two sixty-one nine nine seven. At five um, bucks a piece. At five bucks a piece, that's a that's a home run. Um, it's a really good number. Yeah, yeah. And there was I think four four or five variant covers because you had the midnight cover you had a jim lee cover you had i think there's maybe five or six different covers actually now that i think about it but no it sold phenomenally well uh we did have some folks doubling up and getting multiple covers but by and large uh it just it sold amazingly well we got in um uh, i think we got 20 additional copies of it and sold through all of those as well so i mean we're i think we were at between 80 and 90 copies this is what we ordered. I think we ordered 85, and we sold through all of them. So that, for us, is a huge thing. Uh, we've got very few books. Obviously, we're for those that haven't been to Cowbunga, we are a smaller shop in a smaller metro area. So a, a normal high-selling book for us is somewhere in the 20 to 30 range. And for us to bring in 85 copies and sell through all of them in essentially two weeks is, uh, is pretty insane. The only book that has done better... The only two books that have done better were uh, Star Wars number one, the relaunch that Marvel did a couple years ago, and then the best one that we've had to date is uh, Rebirth number one, the Rebirth special. See, I, I don't know if I, I don't think I could do your job. I, I, I just think I would be too gun shy to say let's bring in eighty five five dollar comics 
because I think it's going to be big. And you and you, it turns out you you were a, that was a conservative order. Now you want to know what one's going to be could've... tough is Doomsday Clock. Mm-hmm. You're you're not sure what you're going to do with that. Um, because it's going to be it could be big or it could be a dud. I and lenticular is to think of. And... Yeah, I, I, the the dud thing isn't really a concern for us because of the power horse right. uh, team that's going to be doing it. And just the sheer amount of hype and excitement that people have had for it, it's really that question of, um, I guarantee you we will go deeper than we did on, we will probably go at least as deep as we did on Rebirth, potentially deeper. And that was more than metal? Yes. Yes. We we did over 100 copies of Rebirth. I think it was close to 140 copies by the time we did second, fourth, and fifth printings, because I think we missed the third printing. Well, that's see, that's that's cool. Um, I, I mean, I I was <laughs> I ordered one copy, one copy, and I was like on the fence. <laughs> I was like, is this going to be any good? I don't know. Is it worth five bucks? So I can't even imagine bringing in eighty-five copies and hoping that it that's a, that it's a hit. That's that. There's there's definitely kind of a uh, a gambling aspect that you guys are are playing with uh, up there just to kind of. You're, you know, you're 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 big time speculators on what the market's going to bear. Yeah, and one of the things that actually was really great was DC put out a checklist of all the metal books that were coming out, and what yeah. I ended up doing was creating half page versions of that, and then set them out, and we basically use that as a you know check off the books you want before we have to place the orders, and so we had a pretty good sense at least of our regulars, kind of what they yeah. were going to look for, so that made it. That made it a lot easier easier for us to base our numbers somewhere and then figure out where we're going to go on top of that. So it, it actually, that worked out really well. DC has been phenomenal with that. Um, as of right now, the understanding is that Doomsday Clock is just a 12-issue series, that there's no tie-ins, but I'm not going to hold my breath on that until I get the final word. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that was helpful, and that, that really does alleviate some of it. But yeah, there's a, there's a lot of... Um, I guess what some people would say guesswork and what others would might like James and myself would like to consider more of a scientific approach. Yeah. But, yeah. Oh, I'm sh- I am sure that there there you guys have numbers and data and and all that to back it up and and probably a little bit of hunch, but for the most part I think you guys are obviously um know what you're doing, especially when you're you're putting a number at a big number, I think on those and then selling through. So I think you're, you're probably throwing a number out there, maybe just ratcheting back just a little bit to be on the safe side. Um, or, or you're not. And <laughs> that that's you going all out and you still under, under guessed what, what the market would bear. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, yeah, that's, that's been a DC specific thing, honestly. Um, <clears throat> some of the Marvel ones we can speculate good on. Like we, we dialed back pretty heavy on secret empire two, three, and four. And ended up that we had to bring in more, which is a, a good problem to have. We didn't expect it to stay as strong as it was. Uh, but yeah, with DC, with their rebirth and a lot of their you know events that are going on now, the Justice League Suicide Squad event, things like that, um, it's been they've been really strong for us. They've done a good job of marketing it. They've done a good job of sticking to schedules. Um, they've done a really good job of promising and delivering on what they were going to promise. So. Really, no complaints. Yeah, very nice. 
Well, um, in addition to a, a Bat-centric book in Dark Knight's Metal, we've got uh, number two and number three on the list is Batman 28 and 29 at 104,000 and 100,000. So it, uh, for now, is still maintaining its lock as the best-selling ongoing title above 100,000. Um, looks to me like it's probably going to drop below that unless something interesting happens uh, with uh, another proposal or something exciting to get the get those numbers back up again. Um, kind of dipped below a little while ago, and um, although it's Mr. Consistency, Batman is Mr. Consistency, it is kind of uh, looks like it's going to be in the 90s here pretty soon, and uh, let's hope it can it can goose back above 100,000. And we talked about that before, exactly how to keep it above 100,000, and you know, post proposal juggernaut, you know, War of Jokes and Riddles has been a great storyline and enough to keep it bolstered, but. Yeah, no, one small hiccup with a bad bad story arc, and it'll easily dip down. Yeah, it seems like the Batman uh, readers are a little more fickle, and uh, that's that's not been the case previously. Uh, so it, I'm not sure what, what's changed. Just the, the switch to Tom King lost lost a few people, I think. And uh, yeah, it's it's been a little more fluid. Yeah, and uh, but still very successful. Yeah, I mean, Batman twenty three dipped down to ninety six thousand five forty two, which I think was the first time Batman had been under a hundred thousand since before the new fifty two launch. Um, but yeah. it bounced right back because everybody... twenty four was the proposal. Yeah, the podcaster podcasting community had the sky falling when it dipped below <laughs> and oh my goodness what was going to happen and uh, then it righted the ship very quickly um, we also have three secret empire titles at uh, number four number six and number seven uh, the the 10th issue the final well kind of final issue of secret empire is the fourth bestseller at 86,000 uh, secret empire eight is at number six with 81,000 copies and secret empire nine is at number seven with 77,000 copies um been a solid event i really enjoyed it i i read it and and really liked it um some some folks did not and and then there was i think it was it was pretty polarizing it was either something you enjoyed or something you didn't enjoy i don't know if there was a lot of mediocre uh folks on in secret empire um, has it, it continued to be a strong seller, even though you've you've kind of pulled your orders back a little bit on it? Yeah, it it sold pretty consistently across the the run, and I think um, I think there were a couple things that helped it, and a couple things that hurt it, and they offset. So I think the things that helped it were that um, the whole cap being a Hydra agent did bring some intrigue it brought a new angle and uh, there are some people that are diehard and expenser fans so those were kind of the couple things that were going for it i think the couple things that were going against it were um that everybody knew the toys had to be put back in the toy box after it was done because there were three events stacked up behind it waiting to go um so (laughs) it was kind of like no matter what happens we're going to get back to the baseline um, and I think another thing that hurt it is, again, another Marvel event that runs long, um, that misses a date here or there, adds books. Um, it just it continues to, to grow. And then you had the probably the biggest problem behind it was that uh, you disenfranchised a lot of people who didn't want to read the Hydra Cap. And 
this is one of those things where I wonder how it's going to do in trade. Um, I have a hunch it's going to do pretty good in trade over the course of a decade or two because it will be a different, a one-off story, um, something that was totally separate from or different from what the normal cap is. So people might find that interesting, but that was a, definitely a negative. Um, yeah. And then the reason, so looking at, you got 10 that was in the, the fourth spot and issues 8 and 9 down at 6 and 7. And I went back and did a recheck, and uh, as I suspected, that 10th issue actually had uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9 different, vari- or nine different covers on it, 8 variants in a regular cover. Um, so the ones before that had 5 and 6 different covers. So you've got you know additional 3, 4 covers. Uh, some, yeah, two, I had a 1 in 10, 1 in 50, a... Greater than 125% of Civil War two number eight, greater than 150% of Civil War two number eight. So if you, you start factoring those in, and I think that's where you get your balance of that roughly 9,000 issue increase, which is a little more than 10% of, uh, of the orders. So people upping by, you know, 3%, 4% here and there across the board, um, and then grabbing those variants along the way could have been enough to, to bump it up there. Yeah. 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 Um, I, I am now starting to go with the to the camp that I think Marvel's doing this stuff on purpose. Um, I can't imagine that they, you know, accidentally, you know, thought it was going to be an eight issue miniseries and then it be just accidentally bloated to ten plus an alpha and, and they seem to do this over and over again and. It, it has to be on purpose, right? It has to be planned that way. Um, it can't be an accident over and over again. I don't know, Kyle. What do you think? I'll I'll let you answer first. I'm not real sure on that one. Yeah, I I've got no opinion. I I think that uh, truth be told, I I don't think that it's actually Marvel intentionally doing this. Uh, so many times though, it's happened. Yeah. So being being where I sit and looking at things. Um, if you look at the events that Marvel's doing versus the event or events that DC is doing, uh, there's a, a lot more planning and lead up to these DC events and there's less of them to be. And I get concerned because, you know, we talk about, you've got, so you've got secret empire going on while you've got generations starting while you've got legacy looming. Um, you know, all of these things, and it's kind of like they're trying to rush out too much. And and I think that what it might be is they sit down and they have an editorial discussion, you know, and whoever it is that's doing, being the, the lead of the event says, well, this is my plan. We start at A, go to B, and these are all the little offshoots along the way. And I think it's going to take me roughly eight issues or nine issues with a zero issue lead in. And they kind of go with it, but then as the story is being told, they they created the marketing material, they got the push and started going before they actually had any real pen to paper and couldn't figure out exactly how uh, how many issues it was going to be. I think that's kind of what's happening. Whereas you sit and you're know, like thinking back to the button, we knew it was going to be four issues. Um, right. It was four issues. It was four issues. They came out on time. Well, the last one I think was a week late because there was, I think, was there a FedEx issue or something like that? But um, but they didn't do a button alpha because they had more story to tell. Right. There was no alpha. There was no added fifth book. And there was nothing that happened 
after the button Omega, that Omega. came out before the final issue of the button. Um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So yeah, and and obviously like with metal, it's there. We know what it is. It's not changing. Everything so far has been on time. Um, Doomsday Clock. We know all that. So I just I feel like Marvel is. Um, so then it's editorial. It's an editorial problem. Edit the editorial staff at DC is stronger than the editorial staff at Marvel. Marvel Marvel's editorial staff cannot keep the trains running on time, and is not as skilled at doing what it takes to create cohesive storylines that transition into each other in a proper sequence. Yeah, you've got 100, 107 books for Marvel, like we talked about. There's just so friggin' many of them that there's true. just a lot of balls in the air. And, like, I've stayed out of most of, the, most of these for, for, I don't know, the last four or five different events ago. I just kind of bounced and haven't really found a reason to jump back into any of them. But um, people like them. People continue yeah. to like them. People continue to buy that mysterious 10th issue that was not, I, I not scheduled. People weren't completely crazy when a lot of the the big reveals at the end were spoiled by you know hawkeye books and and hulk books that you know were ahead of it so it doesn't really seem to matter <laughs> well i think it does yeah. matter and it it definitely irks people but you mm-hmm. know it's that i'm in for a penny in for a pound kind of thing where i've got eight issues in and i'm just going to see how they wrap it up in the actual context um i hope you guys don't mind but like james and i we try and stay relatively neutral or positive on our on our podcast but if you, i can you, i go yeah, just the, slightly the negative of, for a bit on marvel the views that. okay the views of comics for fun and profit do not reflect those <laughs> of cowabunga <laughs> comics in any way um i apologize for that i will uh i'll save those for our our, our cast later when i can rail against the, <laughs> the machine so kind of how it appears to me and this is this is eric's personal opinion this is not cowabunga's opinion or James, this is mine, but I feel like Marvel right now has been in this this position of uh, anything you can do, I can do better, right? So we had yep. Rebirth by DC. We now have Legacy by Marvel. Yeah. We had lenticular covers by DC with the button. We now have, you know, when we had four lenticular covers by DC to kick this off, we now have 52 or 53 lenticular covers coming um, for, for Marvel, we had returned to the original numbering for Action Comics and Detective Comics. We now have, you know, 17,000 books returning to original numbering that is speculative at best in some of the cases for Marvel. And it's just like this yeah. this constant, um, you know, it, it just feels so forced and so like, well, they did it and it's working good for them. We should do it and we're going to do it better because we are Marvel and and fine, if that's your business model, that's fine. And, and as James and I have talked about, if doing the variant game and getting the books to the to the shelf is your is your business model, great. That's great. And that's why I think one of the things that when John and I had done the episode talking about the numbers and we had talked about coming up with a publisher scorecard, there should be a way to, to kind of suss that out and, and be able to identify the business models. DC has abandoned that variant tier uh mindset probably 99 percent across the, the board there may be a few that slip through here and there for special issue uh of of something or maybe a vertigo book or something like that but by and large they've gotten rid of that because they realized that it was falsifying their sales and they'd rather sell 
on strong stories. Now, I think Marvel in their heart of hearts wants to sell sell on strong stories as well, but they're so sure. married into this idea of these variant tiers and the Marvel math that they're not really they're they're kind of maybe cutting off their nose despite their face in some cases where they're just putting too much out and people aren't buying it. Now, the retailers, we make out pretty good because of all their variants. For those that want to buy the variants, we mark them up to what they're going to cost us plus a little bit of profit, and we do great, and now we've got all this excess stock that we sell for a dollar. Well, what does that say about the Marvel product? If we go, if James and I go to a show and we take five long boxes of stuff that we're selling for a dollar, and it's all Marvel books that have come out in the last six months, what does that tell you? That tells me that a three ninety nine book is really worth a dollar, and that's not really mm, good, yeah. in my opinion. Oh, yeah, you don't like that. Yeah. But I'm going to sell it because I want that money back. That makes sense. So that makes sense. That was my sidebar. Gotcha. <laughs> and 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 Marvel continues to kind of dominate the top ten. Besides those three, those top three DC, we also have a couple generations titles. Wolverine and all new Wolverine uh, is the is in fifth place with eighty five thousand uh, copies sold, and uh, Unworthy Thor and Mighty Thor generations at seventy six thousand copies sold into retailers uh, comes in at rank eight then we have uh, a couple of star wars rounding out the top 10 star wars 34 and 35 at 9 and 10 uh, at 66,000 copies each and our on our darling favorite comic walking dead fell out of the top 10 kyle by less than 100 bucks by less than 100 books it gets pushed out by the mighty marvel machine um, and DC Machine, and, and now is a number 11 with its 65,885 copies. Now, those two generation books were fun reads. I enjoyed them both. Um, I don't understand. Uh, but those two generations books are Marvel's two best writers, in my those, opinion. Yeah, 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 that's definitely right. And they were, they were fun, and it and it took somebody explaining to me that there was a panel in Secret Empire where there was like a flash and uh, characters disappeared. Uh, and that was that was when Generations happened. <laughs> and I didn't realize that actually happened in Secret Empire after I'd ever re- I've read it. And I'd also read Generations and I had no idea that's when it happened. Because it's there's really no rhyme or reason for what for how these characters are getting pulled in through time, at least in the ones that I've read, and so it, they're fun stories, but they make no sense. Hmm. <laughs> Have you read any of them? I did none. You didn't read a single one. Mm-mm. Wow! I'm gonna take away your comic card. For not reading these kind of yep. Uh, yep. gimmicky, okay. yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah, that, yeah, it's gone. You're gonna lose it. Um, okay, that, that's the stuff I wanted to talk about in the top ten. Uh, you guys feel free to just bounce wherever you want. What 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 stuck out to you in this um, in the sales charts? Anything interesting that uh, really you wanted to uh, to bring up? So I I took a look at uh, what. Let's see, issues that were non-event, non-number one, uh, ongoing titles, and kind of where they were at. Now, I, I used anything over issue 10 as kind of my benchmark, so there's one thing that's up for debate here. But basically what I got was 
for the top 10 ongoing titles above issues 10, uh, 10 and above, you had Batman 28, Batman 29, Star Wars 34 and 35, Walking Dead was number 5, All-Star Batman 13, Detective Comics 962, ASM 31, Flash 28, and Detective Comics 963. The only one that I might be willing to scooch in there is Star Wars Darth Vader 4 between All-Star Batman and uh, Walking Dead, but it wasn't over 10, so mm-hmm. I kept it out. But in looking at that, if you take that as your top 10, so your top 10 ongoing greater than 10 issues, you've got a breakdown of DC 6, Marvel 3, and Image 1, which is a, a complete f- flip almost and a doubling where you look at market share. You had Marvel with 30-some percent, DC with 20%, Image with 10 you still have Image with 10%, but now you're looking at DC with 60% and Marvel with 30% um, of the top so 10 they're, ongoing. They're, their line is stronger. Right. Their, their line is stronger down the line, and it's um, that that says that they have healthier titles, right? That's what that says. To, it says that they have a healthier product line. It's more predictable, and when you have more predictability, you can make better informed investment decisions as a company because you can look at the numbers and say well you know yeah there's going to be marvel books that come in here and there's going to be an image number one that comes and jumps in here or whatever but by and large when you have predictability like that across the board to me that means that you can start to make some really really um, big decisions because you can project your profits a lot easier because you know you're gonna, you've got your Flash fans. They're gonna stick around. Aquaman readers are gonna stick around because it's a quality product, and it's been going for 28 issues. Now. Right, and you know too that um, because you're not doing incentive variants, you're not doing deep discounts. You can very right. easily say again, this is what our profit is going to be on these books. Whereas with Marvel, when you've got all the variants, you've got your deep discounts at different levels. It makes it a heck of a lot harder to try and plan ahead. Because you're trying, yeah. you, you're just totally guessing on numbers that you don't even have. So that was one thing that I kind of looked at that I found. That's that, yeah. That that's an, that's a, those are interesting numbers, and I, I'm always interested in comics beyond the the honeymoon period of a, of a launch, and and their health and those those that's interesting. And I didn't realize just how dominating the numbers would be for for DC. Um, it's very telling. Um, one thing that jumped out to me was uh, my beloved Aftershock comics. I I was all in for a while. I've dropped off of a few of these books, but um, I still I still really like the the publisher and and a lot of what they're doing. Um, their top seller is Baby Teeth mm-hmm. uh, this month with uh, eight thousand copies at rank two forty four. We've got Unholy Grail's second issue at seven thousand. Uh, one of its longer running. Titles is Animosity at six thousand copies. It fell down to two eighty four. Uh, Jimmy's Bastard uh, from uh, Garth Ennis, who will be making an appearance at the end of October at uh, Cowabunga Comics. And at the we World's. just today, as we're recording this, got our black and white and color variant images from Phil Hester. Oh my goodness! It's, for the cover, yeah, it's freaking awesome. Um, they're an homage to. One of the uh, old James Bond movie posters. And uh, oh. Phil will be joining us on October 28th. So, um, Are those limited to 500 and each? 300 and 600. 300 and 600. Yep. That's interesting. Okay, so 
when when I come up, and we don't have to talk about this if you don't want to. <laughs> when I come up, that, that that's like ten bucks for one of those. Um, Fifteen. Uh, we are working out the pricing. I think what it's going to be is ten for the color, twenty for the black and white, or twenty five for the set. Don't quote me on oh. it, but we will be pre-selling them as well online. Uh, we just I'll take. A we are waiting for the the trade dress <laughs> to get applied and everything, but uh, that will be the plan. And then also we will be happy to um, submit to CBCS for signature verification with both of those guys there. Because Phil will be there. Yep. And, and Garth. And Garth Ennis. Mm-hmm. Nice. And will it have a Cowabunga stamped on it somewhere? On the back cover. We didn't want to clutter the front with our logo. Um, it's not a wraparound cover, so it'll be probably like a solid color back cover. And so we're just going to have our Cowabunga cow logo, blue button logo on the back. That is so cool, man. Uh, congratulations on your own variant. Yeah. That, that, that seems pretty cool to me. That's very impressive. It's very cool. Aftershock is... Uh, has been amazing to work with on it as far as their pricing goes. It, they're definitely one of the most competitive uh, companies out there to do a variant cover with. So, yeah, it's been great. And the list of, of creators that they gave us as options for the variant cover were insane. I mean, you know, it's not every day you get a list where Joe just goes on it, um, you uh-huh. know, things like that. So it was, it was really cool. And it just worked out amazing that Phil... Uh, was able to do it, and he thankfully lives relatively close by and was excited to come back up to Cowabunga. He he did awesome last year when he was up at the shop, and uh, yeah. so it'll be great. Oh yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be awesome, man. Um, yeah. So in Jimmy's Bastards, this is really good. It is. Uh, it is a. It's a really good. Comic. Yeah, it's a fun twist on James Bond. We definitely need more than fifty six hundred people. Uh, copies being ordered into stores. We need to get that number up, um, and that's 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 crazy. So um, then we've got uh, shipwreck, uh, which I dropped off, and alters, which I'm still reading, but it's it's only down at two thousand copies. Nobody likes alters, um, so uh, I'm, I'm, again, I'm all, I'm on an island all by myself there. Uh, <laughs> but but I do enjoy the aftershock, and it's a good publisher, and I want to support them. Things that jump out to me is uh, I've been trying to uh, keep an eye on Action Comics and where it sits in anticipation of the ramp up when we hit close to 1,000. Oh, yeah. Because we're about six months away from that because we're sitting at 985 and 986 in the month of August. Yeah. So we're approximately six months away from 1,000. So I'm just kind of wondering with, you know, 40,000 books currently selling in the month of August. Uh, when we're going to ramp that number up and how many people are going to try to grab that whole lead into 1,000 and when the time to jump on that will be. That's interesting because you, you know that's going to be a $10 book. It's going to have everybody and their brother that ever did a Superman story guesting mm-hmm. on it. Uh, that'll be an exciting issue and it'll do really, really well. I'm um, just curious whether that'll be the culmination of an arc or the beginning of a new one. Oh, it's got a, It's going to be... Or a one-off. It'll be a one-off. It'll be a one-off celebration, like like uh, Superman four hundred was. And I'd be my guess. Eric might know and can't say because he gets pre- he's privy to uh, advanced information like that. <laughs> but uh, um, that would be my guess. Yeah, I don't know. I have no um, 
they've not given us anything yet on what that issue is going to have. There's been some discussion on the DC boards about will there be a DC-based event behind it. And DC has told us that they're still working out details on if or what they want to do. My guess is if they're going to do something, it would be like a midnight release variant or something. Um, yeah. The one thing that I'm I'm not sold that they're going to do a big like ten dollar you know eighty page giant thing, and the reason I say that is because with the big Wonder Woman birthday that came out, um, they kept the Wonder Woman title kind of rocking and rolling, and then they did a special Wonder Woman seven ninety nine issue that was kind of that anthology title that had you know twelve or fourteen mm. different creators on it. So I don't know if they'll take the same approach with action, uh, if they'll they'll kind of do something more in that vein and, and maybe publish a maybe like action comics number one with action comics 1000 or something so it'll be interesting to see there's so many different things that they well, can that do would be okay yeah that's like uh what's Su- oh what spider-man did right where they they stuck another comic in there i, I guess that would be all right as well I, I i would i hope they blow they 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 do a lot because it's a big deal yeah. you know that and detective Hitting a thousand is a big deal. It won't be a big deal eventually because everybody's going to hit that with with a lot of these numbers. But those two are those two are big deals, and they should they should really try to celebrate it with something special. Yeah, and I'm I'm sure there will be something. It'll just be how much. I think that. So it's kind of hard. I think as far as superhero goes, um, superheroes go. Superman is he's the man. He kind of started the whole thing. Uh-huh. But as far as, obviously, the sales charts indicate, Batman's twice as popular. So it'll be interesting when we hit uh, Detective 1000 how that varies. Because we don't have Superman Day. We have Batman Day, but we don't have a Superman Day. Yeah. Um, so it's just going to be interesting to see. It, is Batman Day the 30th? Batman Day tomorrow. is tomorrow, the 23rd. It's tomorrow. Did you guys do anything? Did you bring those comics in? We got a couple of each, but uh, I don't know who. Somebody did poor planning, either Wizards of the Coast or DC Comics. I'm going to go with Wizards of the Coast, but uh, this weekend <laughs> is the, the big pre-release of the next Magic the Gathering set. So oh. Sam, is uh, he's, he's at the shop. He'll be there from midnight till 4 a.m., uh, shepherding people as they, they play the new set. So we've got those events. Um, we have one tonight one tomorrow and one or two on Sunday. So that's going to pretty much eat it up plus the Saturday Pokemans. I forgot about that. Yeah, the, the that new the, those new magic sets are a big deal. They are a huge deal. <laughs> yeah, big deal. Uh let's see um the other Mech- hold on. The other thing I wanted to put at rank 82 Robotech number 1 at 26,864. Oh. That's a a good low number for that book and uh well, it should keep the value of it pretty high. But not as low as Mech Cadet U from Boom. It's uh, first issue, 8,400 copies. Um, and it's now greenlit as an ongoing series. And okay. there might be some long-term investment potential there. And I have a couple of them. <laughs> yeah. And you can get the winking uh, second print, right? Mm-hmm. I, I think so, right? You've got the winking second print, <laughs> yes, of Robotech. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, I'm excited about uh, Lady Killer Two. It's fifth issue, fifth and final issue. Um, my beloved Joelle Jones, uh, her 
Man, hurt. that sounds creepy when you say it like that. I know it sounds creepy, but I don't care. And <laughs> Eighty-five hundred. Yeah, she's married now. She's so it doesn't matter. Um, she can be my beloved. Uh, Eighty-five hundred copies in uh, for that fifth issue. That that's good. Maybe that means that there will be a volume three. That's a sol- solid ending to that to that volume. Um, and she's going. To, she did this week's Batman thirty-three art. Um, so maybe there's more to come from her. DC tie-in, and uh, we hope to see exactly what her what her book is going forward. Because I still haven't seen anything in any solicits that shows an ongoing that she she'll be on. I'm hopeful for Lady Killer Three. Uh, I I think that her yeah. trade sales are probably better than the single issue sales. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's got they've got legs, and it's 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 a really good it's a really good series, really good character. And this this volume ended really well, so it was exciting. Stuff. Don't give it away. I'm I'm a trade waiter on this one. Oh, are yep. you? Are you? Rosebud was a sled. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lark's Killer, the um, Bill Willingham uh, book from Devil's Due, did seventy eight hundred copies for its first issue. Um, I haven't read that one yet. I have it in my stack to read. Um, but that's a that's a small number for the fables guy, right? Yep. Thought that would be a little higher. Question for you guys at rank one seventy, new Superman, volume fourteen, sitting at twelve thousand three thirty nine. Is that one dead yet, or do we have a, a line on that one? Uh, what as the first rebirth title to bite the dust? Yeah, no mm. clue. I we thought it was dead. Uh, three or four issues ago so we're not we're not really sure what the plan is with it uh, but oh blue beetle's lower than that i i'm i'm off i'm sorry however blue beetle was not expected and given the main hype that new superman was mm-hmm. you've got beneath uh you've got dc comics bombshells are underneath it you got blue beetles underneath it Cyborgs underneath it. Yeah, that's one that I wouldn't be surprised if kind of fades. Do they have yeah. to plug Cyborg along until uh, the the movie hits, and then they can make a decision on that one? Well, so they've James and I go back and forth on this a lot, and we go we're both in agreement that putting Martian Manhunter aside and bringing Cyborg in to the Teen Titans was shame because mm-hmm. Martian Manhunter is just a much deeper and, and in our opinions better character nothing against cyborg Definitely. but we just appreciate martian manhunter's place more and that's actually a question that i've tossed out to dc and i haven't gotten an answer on is will we get a martian manhunter um series somewhere or at least get them back in with maybe the titans so i don't know but kids nowadays love computers so cyborg they do, but you know, when we get kids that come in that are talking about Teen Titans, they're usually talking about they're talking about everybody but Cyborg. Yeah. Honestly, I mean, the girls talk about Starfire and Raven, and the boys tend to talk about um, some boys talk about Robin, most of them talk about Beast Boy. Huh. Interesting. Uh, an image after you get by uh, Walking Dead and Saga. Um, seven two eternity continues to sell really well. It's in the, it's in 
so it's in uh, in the top 100 and selling 20 almost 24,000 copies um, it's pretty book um, but I, I, I kind of lost interest in the plot but I, I think it's, it's the art's fantastic um, killer be killed is still super strong it's a great book um, and it's selling 18,500 copies and is at rank 119 uh, for its 11th issue and kind of really righted the ship when it got away from that uh, the, the demon angle and it was really kind of focusing on on the, the, the guy the, and, and not kind of muddying the waters as much. I, I really think it got better. it got a lot stronger. Um, you guys reading uh, either one of those still? Killer be killed. Yep. Off. Yep. Killer be killed. I think I'll do trade, but because I actually really enjoyed the first trade of that. Yeah, yeah it was great. Um, you still reading? I hate Fairyland. Are you behind on that one? I'm behind on that, but it's always fun. It's just a fun read. You can pick that up at any point in time, and, and it's just a lot of fun. Scotty Young just does some really cool stuff with art. Uh, Jordy Belair's uh, foray into comics writing. With Redlands number one, uh, hits rank 134 and sold 16,000 copies into retailers. So, um, not the big splash we thought she'd make, but it's still a strong, a strong um, debut. And we'll see if she's got legs. I have to be honest, I think this was kind of a, a quiet entry. And I think part of that is because, um, retailers i know some retailers that i've talked to that didn't have it said oh we completely missed it we didn't even didn't even piece it together and i mean i I don't know how you don't apparently you're not looking at previews very well but um i do think that there was some of that it'll be interesting to see what the issue two numbers look like if they are going to take that customary dip if they're going to stay pretty level um, it went into second print real quick. It did go so, into second print really quick, yeah. and so that's why I'm wondering yeah. what the second issue is going to bring. Yeah. Uh, Southern Bastard 17, last one we're going to get for a while. Uh, it sold uh, thir- almost 14000 and um, It was 30 weeks late. It was 30 weeks late, and with a nice little note saying, we're not going to get one for a while and uh, hope to be back sometime. So I don't know okay. what I don't know what that means. And you also know. jumped over east of west, which was I think fourteen weeks late. Another, yeah, yeah. That's that's a book. I I'm surprised it's I'm surprised it's still doing as well as it does. There was so, there's been so many delays between issues of that book, and I think it, I thought it lost its way a long time ago. But um, it, it's got a dedicated fan base. And then at 159, Redneck. And uh, Redneck actually had a 21% drop between 4 and 5. So it was almost 17,000 on the previous issue, and it's down under 14. Yeah, I don't know if Donnie Cates has got the uh, magic touch that we thought he did. Kind of losing favor on some of his books. Uh, shirtless bear fighter continues to sell w- way more than it should, <laughs> but <laughs> that's that's fine. Um, it's it's still selling. It sells better than sex criminals and are you are you guys reading it? The, I am. Yeah, <laughs> it's 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 ridiculous. Yes, but yet we keep reading it. 
Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's 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 a ridiculous train wreck that I have to keep reading. <laughs> but it does make me hungry for uh, for pancakes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and then my beloved Manifest Destiny got to its thirtieth issue. Uh, hats off, kudos. It's a good run. Uh, Sixty-five hundred uh, copies into stores. Um, I'm assuming this is a strong trade trade seller. I hope so. So it's a wonderful book by wonderful creators, and um, uh, not enough people read it. Invincible, in single issue. Invincible's number issue one thirty nine at eleven thousand five ninety two. I think there's only about five of those left after this one. Yeah, and then it's over. And have you been reading <laughs> these? Are you going to save it for trade? Because I've been the ones I've been reading. It's just been nonstop battle, 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 mm. battle, battle. And I'm like, if this is this how it's going to go out? I, I don't know. It, it's not been great. I'm curious to see how exactly Kirkman finishes a, a long-run series. Yeah. That'll tell me a lot about his, his future plans for Walking Dead or Outcast or <laughs> yeah. any of that. Yeah, he's able to true. do it. I never thought of that. Yeah, we'll see how he sticks the landing. Um, Letter 44 from Oni Press. The final issue, 35 <laughs> issues. Um, uh, good job, Charles Soule. Um, I think this is one of your best best comic works, uh, but 2,400 people checked it out. Um, so it went out with a whimper. Um, hopefully this does well in trade. Um, it was a really good story, which I still haven't finished. Um, so I, I hope that last issue is good. There's, there's Valiant's offerings. Um, they used to be in the mid, mid teens, uh, throughout their line. They were pretty solid, you know. We from like twelve to eighteen thousand uh, per title, per month, and they had a couple stronger than others. Um, now they're lucky to have anything in double digits. And it looks like EXO is the only one besides the War Mother that uh, will quickly drop below that. Um, I don't know what happened to Valiant. I don't know what the, what they're going to have to do to right the ship, um, but they're they're just not making a dent anymore like they used to. Um, do you see anything on the horizon for them, Eric, uh, that might make them rebound? Yeah. Um, so if there's one company that really tries, it's definitely Valiant. Uh, they're really great yeah. with. Uh, retailers trying to help get us tools to sell their books. I think what I think what they suffer from is what the Transformer and the the toy line at IDW suffered from, and it was just trying to make the universe too connected. And I think the more crossing over, the more all in one stuff that you do, you really kind of pull those people that just like a character out of it, um, like me. I, I can get pulled out of Valiant stuff very quickly because I don't want the baggage of all the other characters. And right. I think that that's where their mind is right now is they want to create this combined universe. So that's to me, that's where their, their biggest struggle is. Is it? And it's not that they don't have great creators because I think Lemire and Fred Van Lenti are doing stuff there. So I mean, like these are, they've got great creators. It's just, I think that they've got too much... Um, too much cross pollination going on and that's just dissuading readers from wanting to to be uh, aware of it and then they've also been doing a lot of renumbering restarting rejiggering retooling recreating we've had 
you know, I don't know how many different blood shots in the last couple of years where it's, it's, it's kind of getting to the point where I think people are just saying, you know what, there's no consistency. I'll, I'll just, that's fine. I'll switch to something else. Yeah. I think there was, yeah, you're right. When there was a time when it was bloodshot, XO, quantum and Woody, you know, the, the tried and true of their line was out and consistently being released and they were all really strong and well-written and, um, they kind of, it, for some reason, they they started mixing things up, and it just uh, it really fell off the rails. Yep. And yeah, I hope yeah, I hope they get that fixed. It just seems like they don't have an identity necessarily anymore. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's too bad. Uh, anything else on these on this list that uh, jumped out at you? Big drops, big um, gains, anything? Well, the one thing that I'm going to call out. So there's there's a couple of publishers that I'm keeping an eye on that have. They're either new or revamped or enhancing. Um, nice. So one of the things that we're starting to see a slow uptick in uh, from Titan is actually their hard case crime line. Oh, yeah. Love it. So I love it. those books, like Normandy Gold is one of my top of the stack books uh, when it comes out. And there's a couple of new offerings in the current previews from the hard case crime line that... Uh, we're starting to see a slow uptick in those readers. So that's one that we're just kind of keeping an eye on. Lion Forge is putting out some really good stuff at really com- competitive prices. Like I just, we ended up getting, I think it was almost a 330 page uh, OGN from Lion Forge oversized. And it was 1999 uh, full color. Hmm. I mean, it was just a stunning package. Um, they've been putting out some really great product so that's a publisher that we're watching. And then the, the little engine that hopefully can is Magnetic Press. Um, their book right now that I'm on, and I think it might be their only main ongoing title, is Jazz Maynard. Um, they are kind of breaking in, and I'm interested to see how those two, Lineforge and Magnetic, as publishers do, and then how the hard case line in, in Titan goes. Uh, I know that there's, I think, a Lineforge book on here right now. Uh, yeah, yeah, Catalyst Prime Incidentals is on here. Um, Ghost Money is I on would, here. I would, I would give any of those hard case crime trades to to people to check out because they're they're such great stories. They're usually like three, four, five issues. Yep. Very self contained stories. They're all good. I, I haven't I haven't read one yet that I didn't like. And uh, yeah, Normandy Gold is great. Um, and and. It's just it's just a really strong line, and um, I don't know if they're if all their the writers that they're finding are like actual crime writers, mystery writers, or something. I think there's some kind of tie-in like that, and it's, they're all really strong, strongly written um, characters and really well done comics. Yeah, I think that uh, it's kind of a mix. So they've I. Th- think i'm just i'm looking at the retailer order for me don't have the, my previous book in front of me but um minky woodcock girl who handcuffed houdini is a follow-up yeah. to like the girl who kicked the hornet's nest growth dragon tattoo and i believe that that writer is actually uh, a playwright or a theater writer and this yeah. is a a continuance of those uh the trilogy of books but i terrible title <laughs> but it's under i think it's under the hard hard case crime Yep, it is. So it is. Um, yep. 
yeah, just great stuff there. And I'm interested to see how that will do, how it'll translate to the monthly lists going forward. And like I said, I want to see Lionforge slowly climb up here and I want to see Magnetic Press jump on here. And hopefully they can do that. Yeah, I, I, I love the small the small publisher and uh, always want to support them when we can. So, yeah, that's good stuff. And uh, uh, you, you were talking to us a little bit about Alterna. I see Alterna is barely making a blip still um, on here. Um, and and you tried. You tried in your shop, you and they just didn't get any traction. Nope. Um, so it, it it's a nice experiment, and we hope it's working somewhere. And... Uh, I, I continue to throw them, throw some money out of at them, um, but you know, I I know they're not for everybody. The newsprint comics. Yeah, I don't think it was the the newsprint or the uh, the colors or anything like that that was the problem. Yeah, yeah, more the story. I think it was a mix. On some books, it was the story, and on other books, it was the quality of the art. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It still comes down to that, doesn't it? Right. Anything else, Kyle? That is all I can come up with from our numbers. Well, as we're pushing towards two hours, let's get over and get that sneak peek out of the way then. <laughs> all right, let's head on over to previewsworld.com. Let's find September 27, 2017. And let's click our table view because I can't read gallery. And Drew, Eric, let's start where we always love to start. Let's start in Dark Horse. Pass. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Rebels, these free and independent states, seven of eight. I'm behind on this, but I have the first two or three of these. I liked Rebels. I like the, you know, the 1776 and the, the very early uh, revolutionary time period. He writes a heck of a book. Um, they started going more uh, one-off and less of a, you know, essentially following any singular characters through multiple books. Um, so, but... I, I, all the ones I've picked up, I've actually really enjoyed on this. But that's all I've got. Yep, that's the only one that I've got in Dark Horse as well. All right, let's head on down to DC. So many. <laughs> the Oz effect has taken over Action Comics. Which means we have lenticulars. You have a lenticular, that's right. Multiple looks like multiple lenticulars, right? I've uh, got action nine eighty eight, and I think that's is that it this yep, week. That's, yeah, it, that's it this it week. This week. Okay. I think we had Superman this past week. So then, what's the other variant? The Mikel Jean and just standard. That would be the standard B. Yep. Cover normally. Correct. Yep. Okay. Yeah, and then the, the lenticular is the A cover, just lenticularized. <laughs> nice. The big one we got is Batman the Murder Machine, number one. Um, so that's coming out. That is a wicked looking cover. Uh -huh. Now, Kyle, we got um, your beloved Nightwing kissing Batgirl on the cover of the cover B for Batgirl 15. That Bring that relationship back, man. Is that going to get want. get everybody excited? Yes. They're kissing yeah. right there. I'm telling you. He should say, uh, will you marry me? That would really blow up. <laughs> they are kissing on the A cover, too. 
and that A yeah. cover is a Dan Mora cover. Oh, well, that's Ooh. even better. Forget what I said about the B cover. <laughs> Stay with the, the the cover A. Oh, that's that's awesome. Stay the course. I love Dan Mora. Yeah, I'm I'm a His big art fan. Is beautiful. You said he's a uh, Latin American. Yeah, somewhere somewhere in Central South America. Yeah. Yep. Man, that Tyler Kirk, uh, Kirkham variant for Blue Beetle 13. Holy crap. That's pretty good. Makes me want to read Blue Beetle. <laughs> well, how do I know Tyler Kirkham? What's he do? What's he normally do? A lot of covers. A lot of covers? Oh, that is a neat Blue, Be- Blue Beetle cover. You're right. Oh, it's got a little Hamlet vibe going on. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Yeah, and you've got uh, DC Superhero Girls Volume Four. That one usually the that line does quite well in the shop for us. Um, Shay Fontana, who is writing, has the I think she might have just finished up or is finishing up her. Uh, yeah, she just finished up her Wonder Woman run. James Robinson's on it now. But uh, those always do really well. Those are the ones that do really well in the Scholastic book market, too. Yep. I mean, at 10 bucks, they're perfect for kids. They're nice. They're thicker uh, than just your regular floppy comic. Um, mm-hmm. But Holy cow, you say you learn a lot by doing these uh, commandy challenges. Well, this one we have written by Tom King, art by Kevin Eastman and Freddie Williams. Oh, that's that's a home run right there. Maybe, I would think, but yeah. They got the cover B has Kevin Eastman cover. Oh. Really nice. Really nice. Yeah, Nightwing the New Order. Really good. Really fun that first issue. Yep. I agree. I'm excited about this. Yeah. I'm gonna have to just read these in single instead of waiting for a, a bit of them. Yes, you yeah, are. I'll end up spoiling it. <laughs> I'm gonna spoil it for you if you don't. Alright, 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 alright. Because I've I've got the more I look at it, the more I'm like, alright, how how does this world come to be? I've got so many questions. Eric, are you reading any young animal wine anymore? Nope, I'm not. Yeah, I've dropped almost all of it. I'm just I'm I'm, I'm reading Shade, uh, and it's really really confusing. So I'm about ready to drop it as well. Tried on I keep trying on Doom Patrol, but I just can't get into it. Suicide Squad 26, that is a metal tie-in, as well as a Stefan Sage cover. I'll have to remember that. Yeah. And let's see what... Oh, we get no sneak peek at Jenny Fraser's nope. cover B. <laughs> That's just wrong. It'll be beautiful. Yeah, no doubt. All right. Anything else to kind of analyze or look at a little bit farther in DC? Man, I don't know. This there's a lot there. Um, I, that that lenticular is going to be a big deal, right? Um, so it's interesting. The Oz effect, the first lenticular, we didn't order super deep on it. We sold through uh, comfortably. We didn't have people coming grumbling that we didn't have it. Not as uh, not as big as the button, but then again, Batman uh, is much bigger than Superman, so that's kind of to be expected. Yeah. Okay, makes sense. And we glance right over Batman: The Shadow, six of six, the end of that one. 
Yeah, I dropped that. I dropped off that. Couldn't stick in for the, just the six. Uh-uh. <laughs> Wasn't that exciting. Yeah, but I, th- I think probably... you think I think Murder Machine will sell better than anything in this. You think so? Yeah. Eric, right. Eric, get us. Eric, get some promo pins there. Get a bag. <laughs> yep. Did you get a bag? <laughs> All right. Any, anything else in DC? Nada. All right. Let's head on down to IDW. A Ducktales. A woo. Who was a Ducktales watcher? The, well, the new series is just coming out too. Oh really? Yeah. 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 I vaguely remember the DuckTales. new series is. <laughs> Is okay. We watched an, an episode. It uh, it still had the humor, but the voices were just all wrong. It's got a lot of a lot of voices I know in it, but just man, there's a lot of people like Bobby Moynihan and uh, Danny Putty and a bunch of stuff in it. What channel was Ducktales on? Do you remember? Ugh. Disney? I don't know. I'm, just I'm not sure. Was it Disney Channel? No, I didn't have cable. <laughs> yeah. I... Neither I'm trying I. to think whenever I saw... I remember watching this with Hannah, but I don't know exactly what we were watching it on. I don't know if it was it could have been Fox big. up here for us or... Maybe. Fox or uh, ABC, I'm thinking. Who knows? Good times. Good times. The game. Uh, I, I was just playing the, uh, the video game. They remastered it not too long ago. I was... Uh, Taking my son through the horror that is trying to beat Ducktales. Really? Yeah, it's a tough game. What uh, what platform? Uh, it's Xbox. Okay, interesting. <clears throat> okay, we have got Infinite Loop, nothing but the truth. Number one from IDW, written by Pirek Colinet and Elsa Charretier. Eek. Daniel with art by Daniel D. Nicuolo. Uh, the Infinite Loop is back, so this is a, a, yeah, a second volume know already. that I've missed. Uh, with a self-contained story, a perfect jumping-on point for new readers. Twin Peaks' creepiness collides with Orwell's 1984 dystopian madness in this sci-fi miniseries. Um, we don't really like second volumes of things that we've missed the first time around, mm-hmm. do we? But it does have a Cliff Chang cover B. I personally am not seeing anything else in IDW. Oh, you got TMNT ongoing with uh, Kevin Eastman cover B. It's been a while since they had anything crazy. I remember uh, round issue 47, 48, they had a, a death of a character in there for a while. And... Uh, it seemed like that was heating up, and a lot more people were reading it. But it's uh, haven't heard much buzz from it for a while. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's steady, Eddie. It does really good for us. Sells off the back wall really well too. Who's buying it? Thirty-year-old uh, boys, guys. Actually, it's a mix. Uh, we've got. Yeah, I'm curious. Yeah, it's a mix. So the subscribers are probably oh, early thirties to mid forties. Which is kind of what you'd expect based on when it came out. When it came out. And then uh, the people that are buying it off of the recent wall, uh, and TMNT is one of the titles actually that we go the deepest on the recent wall, that tends to be more of the uh, junior high and high school age. Oh, nice. Okay. A whole new crowd. Well, yeah, Kyle, your son 
is into turtles. Like yeah, the mad, Nickelodeon so. series yeah. is really good. There's Man, been an, good. enough constant drip of it over the last 15 years between multiple volumes on TV and then just the the merchandising that they've done between things like lunchboxes and backpacks and shoes and you know they've they've really done a great job of keeping that brand in the forefront whereas a lot of the superhero stuff Batman was always out there and Spider-Man but beyond that it was pretty dead until the movie universes yeah. started kicking in um so but that's one thing TMNT's always done very well at is marketing yeah, dug through a ton of TMNT Halloween costumes looking for stuff. Did you find oh, one that yeah. would fit you? <laughs> I tried <laughs> as much as I could. <laughs> All right. All right. We've, we've mined as much gold as we can with IDW. Let's see what Image is doing for us this week. Do we have to go past, past Black Magic 8 with a Jenny Frizen B cover? No, we do not. Uh, that's that's good. I'm glad it's back. Yeah, and then the really the Jenny Jenny cover is typical, awesome, and the Nicola yeah. Scott covers are always great too. I I have to confess, I'm a I, no matter how many come out, I get one of each cover of Black Magic. Now, um, Jenny lives up there somewhere, right? Uh yeah, she lives in the Chicago area. Okay, um, she's actually married to Tim she... Seeley's brother. Really. Yeah. <laughs> Is is she um, a slower artist? Is that why she does covers? Cause she really needs an ongoing. I mean, I don't know as if she has a lot of interest in doing ongoing stuff. Uh, does she do like illustration or something on the side or something else? Yeah, she was. I think she was a student of the Chicago Art Institute. But if you look at her stuff online, her portfolio, a lot of it is is the kind of the posed portrait type artwork. Yeah. Uh, I know she does all digital. Um. So. Yep. Yeah, she was part of that four star yep. with Tim and Mike Norton and and Jenny. Yeah. Yeah, they had a podcast for a while, and it was fascinating listening to their uh, process. Really exciting, uh, interesting stuff. Yeah. Drew, uh, but yeah, Black, have, Black Magic's great. Drew, we have Rat Queen special Orc Dave number one one shot. <laughs> Orc Dave. Okay, uh, I'm I'm back in. I'm back okay. in. Uh, well, He's got well, a Fiona Fiona Staples cover. Fiona I'm excited. cover. That's right. Fiona cover. And uh, everybody loves Orc Dave. Orc Dave, man. That's fantastic. I uh, love it. Are you guys reading uh, uh, Black Monday Murders? No. I dropped it. So good. Yeah, I heard I heard it was great. Um, it... it uh, it just had a really sporadic schedule at the beginning there. Yeah. And uh, I it, just kind of lost track of it. They've, they've been predominantly quite thick and dense, which I like. Uh, a nice change of pace. They're thinker books. You really got to gotta be in them. Yeah. That's probably why I'm not reading <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to You got time for this thinking much. thing. Uh-uh. No thinking for me. Saga 47. Saga rolls on. Meet Lanthi. Who has very big plans for the will. Man, that's a cool looking character. Well, I was just uh, whining around about Southern Bastard. <laughs> <laughs> Not being around for a while. And uh, there it is. There it is. With a so Fiona Staples B cover. Yes, We have three Fiona covers to buy. Just from Image. Isn't that great? Gosh. 
Um, but yeah, so this is gut check. Um, I, are they back on schedule? There were so many delays. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what's going on anymore. <laughs> you thought you knew, but you had no idea. I had no idea. Uh, there's my, uh, is that the Royal seat? Royal city? Oh, that's the trade. I'm sorry. All right, anything else from Image? That's a lot of good reads there. Um, you know, I'm, I'm reading pretty much all that stuff. <laughs> it's all good. Let's see if Fiona did anything else in Image this week. Let me skim and double check. Does not look like it. All right, let's head on down, and we're going to need Eric's help to dig through what's coming out from Marvel. Yeah, I can summarize it with Marvel Legacy. <laughs> Legacy, eh? Was Jenny frozen on a Black Panther? Yeah, I think it was uh, seventeen. Started her connecting cover stuff. Very cool. Now we've got Captain America's generation, which is Falcon, Cap, and I'm guessing the good Cap. Yeah, Steve Rogers. That should be fun. And you got a Spider Man. We got Miles Morales and Peter Parker. That'll be fun. Of course, we're getting that in Spider Man right now. Yeah, Spider Man Two or whatever. Yeah. Marvel Legacy Number One. There were um, the numbers on this are going to be insane. I I think. How many variants do we have of this thing? I just see a couple here, but it doesn't yeah, mean anything. None of these are the incentive. These yeah. The, yeah. Yeah, switch to the other the other side to see all that. See our 10s and 25s, 50s and 100s. And hip-hops and, and babies and what have yep. you. Yep. Yeah. But is that going to be as big? Is it going to be bigger than metal? Is it going to be three hundred thousand copies? Uh, yeah, it's going to be. Yeah. that's your number one book. But that big? That's crushing your mom by far. You're gonna. It's going to be bigger than metal. Yeah, yeah. I think so. I'm putting this, this thing above three hundred thousand. Okay. Rem, if I remember correctly, this is uh, BC era Avengers and superheroes, like a long time ago. Right. It kind of goes back. Yeah. Back it in begins time. at the dawn of the human race and ends with a child's prayer. In between empires fall, mysteries brew, secrets are revealed, quests are undertaken, and legends are forged. All leading up to the dramatic return you've been waiting for and one you've been dreading. But it's Jason Aaron, Isak Grivik, so it's going to be oh, big. Dramatic return you've been waiting for. That's Wolverine, right? Uh, probably. One you've been dreading. I don't know what that is. Um, it's got a star-studded cast of artists. Um, how many pages is this thing? Does it say? For five ninety-nine. All right, I want to read that. Right, I'm going to read that first one. Um, I'm not excited about Legacy. Begrudgingly reading. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm not excited about it like I was Secret uh, Empire. When do we get uh, Thor 700 or whatever it is? 
That's uh, comes out on the 18th of October. So okay, October. So this we're winding up whatever we got here with this Mighty Thor 23, just in time to start the the, the big thing next. So right. So this will be the last. This will be the last. This number, and then it'll jump to 700 after this. Yep. When we add a digit. Okay. Interesting. Mace Windu two. Venom verse four. Mace Windu was terrible. <laughs> not much you can do with that character, I don't think. Uh, not, not not that didn't work for me anyway. Um, I didn't didn't like Venom verse much, so I jumped off that one. Hmm. All right. Anything else in Marvel? Not really. Nope. Um. I mean, you got a big one. You got a couple big ones. You got your generations are going to be big, and then yep. uh, the the event title. But with 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 that with legacy coming out, I mean, does anybody really care about the generations books anymore? Or you just like push them to the side? Do you need them? Do you need to read those anymore? Can you just push those to the side to read legacy? I'm gonna plead the fifth. I, I oh. think it definitely. I think it definitely overshadows them. I think Ooh. you know you're going to see a lot of cannibalization of these. Oh, uh, Eric's got inside but... information. <laughs> <laughs> He's playing coy. <laughs> <laughs> I do not want to lead the witness. Gotcha. Yes. Gotcha. So that's it for Marvel then. Yep. Let's head on down to our smaller smaller publishers, our Onis, our Aftershocks, our Booms, our Lion Forge. Uh, Aardvark Comics Pass. What's this Adventure Finders from Antarctic Press? It's got a writer but no artist. Writer Rod Espinoza. An action paled story. Is that right? Action paled? Um, of a small town girl and her friends who want to make it big as renowned fighters. Part Barbie, part Xena, and all heart. Uh, what do you think? No. 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 Pass. Swing and a miss. <laughs> Dan Abnett's writing Captain Kronos for Titan Comics. So it looks like we've got some, I don't know what, Vampire Hat. Captain Kronos Vampire Hunter. Under the you, hammer imprint, it looks like. Interesting. You guys still reading Archie? Mm-mm. Oh, man. Oh, man, you're missing some stuff, man. You're missing it. It's very soap opera, but, the, but it's, there's some cool stuff happening. I can't tell you. I'd spoil it. Unless you want to know. <laughs> <laughs> Another Antarctic press. Aria? Aria? Aria, like from Game of Thrones? This one has a, a writer but no artist as well. Uh, they do not like their artists here. This is written by Sophia Davila and Minjun Chen. Maybe she's the artist. Um, it's, it's a showcase of new strong female talent. With something unique and wonderful in every issue. Sounds interesting. 
Interesting. What is, is that an, does that mean it's an anthology, you think, or just a, a, an ever-changing uh, creative team? I don't know. I have no idea. I might check that out. That might be something fun. Graveland number one from Scout Comics. Massimo Rossi on writing and Gabriel Ibarra Nunez on art. The San Andreas Fault has finally had the big one, but not from natural occurrences. From the depths of the fault, uh, something emerges. Something from myth and legend that was mentioned in hushed tones by every ancient culture. Giants, huge creatures from another timeline. Interesting. It's got an interesting cover. Um, an interesting premise. There's been a few things from Scout hit pretty big in the last couple of years mm-hmm. because they have such small print runs. So yep. that might be something to uh, to check out. Yeah, definitely. Um, gentlemen, I give you Fujitsu number one, but I point you towards the cover B. That's uh, uh, Greg Smallwood. And this is written by your boy, Kyle, Jay Nitz. Ah. Yeah. Um, Fujitsu is the world's smartest boy and no, has been for the... He's <laughs> <laughs> not as smart as uh, Moon Girl, but, you yeah. know, he's up there. Um, Fu is an unaging genius and has the adventures has had adventures around the globe and around the galaxy. Um, Jay Nitz and Greg Smallwood. Ah, it's on an Aftershock book? You got to give this a shot. You got to check this out. Got to be right? worth a read. Got to be worth a read. Got to be worth checking out that first issue. So I'm I'm going back up the alphabet a little bit. Uh, two two slots up or three slots up, depending on which Fujitsu you're looking at. But Frau Faust, Volume One. It's a okay. new manga series from Kodansha. Uh, sounds pretty interesting. From the creator of the ancient Magus Bride comes a supernatural action manga in the vein of Full Metal Alchemist. With electrifying art and a gripping story, Frau Faust reimagines the protagonist of the classic tale who makes a deal with the devil as a tenacious female scholar. A century after a scholar made a deal with the devil in exchange for eternal life, the story of Faust has passed into legend, but the real Faust is a is not a stuffy professional man, but a woman still on the run with her homunculus servant. When the magnetic, bespectacled woman passes through a provincial town, she adds a young orphan named Marion looking for an escape to her group. The next stop, a church basement where a disembodied demon's arms lies sealed away and an officer of the Inquisition named Lorenzo waits to spring a trap for the blasphemer. Sounds kind of fun. Yeah. Not too bad. If only I didn't have to read right to left. (laughs) <laughs> it does get easy after you've uh, read one or two of them. <laughs> That's what everybody says. Uh, yeah. But at first, my eyes crossed. I, I give you uh, the final issue of God Shaper. Uh, God Shaper number six from Boom Studios. Written by Simon Spurrier and art by the amazing Jonas Goonface with the best, name in, best name in comics. Um, our buddy Derek uh, turned me on to this. And he's really been enjoying it, and I've checked it out, and I really like it too, Kyle. So uh, it's good stuff. You should check it out. Hmm. Well, from uh, Devil's Do, 
Yeah, I was looking at that. The Malefic, yeah, I just got that one up too. All right, if all three of us are looking at it, someone's got to read it. Someone's got to read it. <laughs> Young Doctor Freist is a therapist in an asylum of horror where each deranged and diabolical inmate has a paranormal neuroses and a homicidal glint in their eye. Out of her depth, Freist must discover the techniques pioneered by her father, leader of a secret religious cult. If she has any hope of surviving the madness, the great Dan Schaefer from Dog Witch and <laughs> Kill Darlings. You remember Dog Witch? I do not. <laughs> Me neither. Mixes a dark gothic cocktail with a twist of rye. What do we think of, of artist David Miller's perspective of on those feet? On that chick's feet? They're a little off on the cover, aren't they? It's a struggle for many artists. I <laughs> mean, those, those are Liefeldian. Not, yeah, I was going to say, God bless him for not hiding them off the page. <laughs> Behind like, a uh, tree. Those are yeah. huge feet. Uh, I don't. I don't think that's good art okay. it's but. just a fisheye lens on the camera yeah. that's what it is that's what it is i apologize to the artist you're doing a great job you draw feet better than i can so i guess i'm not allowed to get too critical <laughs> yeah yeah we still we can still criticize. <laughs> sisters of sorrow three of four you guys reading that I bought the first one, but I didn't first read one's it. fantastic. I haven't read number two yep. yet, but the first I'm in the, one was great. I'm in the same boat. I I've read the first. I loved it. I have the second. Have not read it yet. Yeah, that first one was really really good. What a surprise! It came out of nowhere. Yeah, and this is actually this is a great example of that uh, the boom retailer uh, opportunities mm-hmm. because this is one we probably wouldn't have brought in, uh, but because of their returnability, we did and. I think we brought three or four in, and we sold all but one. I think we brought f- yeah. brought four yeah. in and sold three. It's really good. Um, Another Titan comic in the Beautiful Death. Yeah, that looks trippy. And is it um, post-apocalyptic? Too long. Didn't read. Too long. Didn't read. Um, post the, the, apop, the apocalypse has been and gone. The age of humanity is at an end. Horrifying insectile aliens from the depths of infinite space are now masters of the earth. What does resistant mean when there's nothing left to fight for? Written by Matthew Bablet uh, or Matthew Bablet, maybe it's French, <laughs> uh, with a cover by Brandon Graham. Um, some of their stuff is incredibly European. Uh, outside of the hard ca- hard case uh, noir crime line, um, they they have they have some European stuff that's weird. This might be one of those. Hmm. Anything else in our smaller sh- publishers this week? I I, no. I don't have any more published stuff, but I have something from farther, farther down on the list in the toy statues and models. Let's check okay. it out. All right, so um, this uh, this coming week, the Funko Pop delivery includes the Thor Ragnarok Hulk helmet gladiator vinyl figure. Ah. So for those of you that like Hulk and his helmet, what did I see? I saw I saw a really cool Funko Pop that I have to somehow search out. 
I saw Pickle Rick from Rick and Morty. I have to find that one. That is a really cool looking Funko Pop. Do you get the Rick and Morty book? I, I don't. You should because I'm a little late on a, that. I hear good things. Yeah, though. a ton of the people that love the show come in just for that book. That has a a following very akin to The Walking Dead, where people will come in and they will only come in for that book. They will get it. They will giggle as they're walking out this out the door with it. Mm-hmm. And that number one on that's a three hundred dollar book already. See, si, Senor, I would recommend the trade. Yeah. The Rick Rick and Morty number one is a three hundred dollar book. It is yes. very tiny print run. Jeez, and it, they're only on issue 30, 30, so it's not that old of a book. Yep. That's crazy. I watched my first uh, episode of that. I watched the pilot. Mm-hmm. It it's really funny. hits its stride. Like season three, were eight episodes into season three. It's friggin' funny, it, yeah. and it's just really well written. All right. I do not need to buy more pops. I do not need to buy more pops. I do not need to buy more pops. (laughs) That is a cool looking Thor. I'm sorry. I'm looking at Thor helmet Ragnar gladiator figures now. Yeah. You're you're bringing the podcast to a screeching halt. I'm sorry this happens. All right. This is the point of the podcast where we look at the things coming out this day and we find our one book to head to our local comic book shop. Snag up, make sure we toss in that short box because we think it will increase in price, be the comic to get, and something that everybody's going to want to have. Eric, Drew, what are our locks? Um, do you want to go first, Eric? Yeah. Uh, You're the guest. Yeah, I can I can go first, I guess. Um, it's kind of a tough one. I, I, there's no real guaranteed winner for me on the list so for for what i would say i'm going with uh batman the murder machine number one Mm -hmm. last one the other one sold through into a second print real quick all signs point to this one probably doing the same Uh, i'm gonna go with uh all of the fiona staples (laughs) (laughs) the fiona Uh, bundle covers the fiona bundle if they have one but if if i have to pick just one i'm gonna go with southern bastards cover b I am taking a flyer on Blue Beetle cover B for 13 just because. Really? I, I'm sure there's some Tyler Kirkham huge fans out there. And this, you know, we were talking about Blue Beetle being the lowest print run of any of the current Rebirth titles. And then there's a lot of shops like our dumb one up the road that doesn't do cover Bs. There's not going to be very many of this <laughs> cover at all. True, true. So uh, just for as amazing it is, it's one of the best covers I've seen in a while. So I, I want to have it, and there's not many of them. And you know, um, you're usually pretty spot on with that when when it jumps out at you. And we have some listeners that are like that. When uh, Michael Lamb's really good at, at when when he sees one that that, that really strikes him, mm-hmm. um, it's usually one that gets hot. Uh, yeah, you know, it, and it kind of goes along the you know, if if it's a fantastic cover, people are going to want it. Yeah, if it's something we like. You know, I'm not saying we have our fingers always on the pulse, but uh, odds are other people will as well. Yeah, good stuff. Lots of lots of good stuff this this week uh, coming up. So get to your your comic shops and uh, and scoop them all up. Eric, we want to thank you so much for joining us and spending uh, two hours and fifteen minutes with us here. Um, Can I steal two sorry more minutes? Went so long. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Sure. Real quick, um, 
couple things I wanted to call out that are on FOC for Monday. Oh, yes. FOC. I forgot about FOC. So uh, basically the things that I, I called out were... Uh, so everybody knows about the Walking Dead homage covers that Image is doing, but they have in their fun little FOC way uh, added in black and white versions of that. So for anyone who wants those... Uh, make sure you go and ask your retailer for them because they may not. Just four, right? Yeah, I think there's four or five this coming FOC. Let's see. And have we actually seen the art on all of them yet? Not on all of them, but on most of them, you can see <sighs> that's it. That's the thing I did think. So there's Curse Words has one. We've got Descender in. has one. Are you all in on black and white too? All in on black and white and color. Yeah. Holy crap. So far. Generation Gone has one. Kill the Minotaur does not have a black and white. Uh, uh, Realm number two has a black and white. And I think that's it. Then there's a couple other that are just color. So yeah, four black and whites this uh And the Spice Seal is color? Spice Seal is color. It doesn't have B&W in the title. Okay. Okay. So we ordered the colors on last um, order. Yep. Last... Uh, Previews order, so uh, and I got the la- I got four of the black and white. It's the last FOC. So is there one I'm missing? Um, so you got all the black and whites from the last FOC. Uh, we don't have any of them for this FOC, but I was assuming you're going to want to add them. I do. Yeah. And then you also so, called out. So these are not the ones that I ordered last time. Correct. Wow. And, okay. and then you also called out uh, Maestro's number one cover B by Pia Guerra, who did the art for Why the Last Man. Yes. Yes. I, I haven't seen much from him, her. Her. Is it him? Her. Her. For a long time. So um, I thought that would be fun to take a look at some uh, Pia Guerra art um, again. And uh, Maestro's is a new number one anyway. So definitely want to check that out. And then the other one that I wanted to call out is uh, Harley Quinn number 30's uh, Cho variant. But uh, this the, the variant is really, really awesome. It's uh, Harley Quinn riding her mallet like a broom dressed as a witch with a bat signal <laughs> oh, yeah. moon behind her. Nice. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen it or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, I th- tried to throw it into Skype here. But it's... Uh, yeah, it's a pretty cool cover, and I th- and I think that that's one that, uh, at least because it's coming out around Halloween, folks are going to enjoy. Yeah, as I said, just in time for Halloween. Yep. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. That is nice. And then the big stuff. So the big stuff that uh, a lot of folks don't get to know about because many shops do not do it is that local comic shop day um, orders are due for November 8th delivery. So from Dark Horse, we have the 2017 Sherlock Frankenstein and Legion of Evil number one local comic shop day variant by Laura Allred. Uh, let's see. We have Batman Hush 15th anniversary deluxe edition hardcover local comic shop day with a Jim Lee black and white cover for DC. As What is local comic shop day? Is that a new thing? No, it's been around no, no, for no, a couple of years. <laughs> for years now. Yep. It's not the it's not the one that happens uh, hollow. That's not Halloween fest. No, thing, right? it, it happens this after. Is different. It, yeah, this is. Remember, we always compared it to Record Shop Day back in your day. Yeah. Okay. But most retailers um, 
tend to miss it because it's FOC only stuff usually. Okay. Um, there's a Justice League yeah, I picked up a, Suicide Squad. I picked up a few things from uh, Laughing Ogre a couple years ago that I thought were really good. Yeah, I mean, there's there's hit and miss. Um, this year, DC also has Justice League Suicide Squad number one, local comic shop day variant. Um, just kind of go down the publishers here really quick. Optimus Prime First Strike number one from IDW has a local comic shop day. Star Wars Adventures number one has a local comic shop day cover. Which is kind of cool. Uh, all right, let's see here. These are full full price. Yep, regular price. Uh, regular price. Books. Maestro's number one has a local comic shop day cover by uh, Steve Scrooge, Scrooge, and Dave Stewart. Yeah, nice. Um, let's see here. Should be a couple more. Marvel has Captain America six ninety five Samney variant. However. And that one is limited to 1,000 copies. And the local, they're doing hardcovers and uh, that are that are special for local comic shop day, too? Yep, so Marvel has a Planet Hulk hardcover uh, local comic shop day variant. Interesting. Um, yeah, I think they did like a Lion Cat statue. I imaged it a couple years ago yep. for local comic shop day as well. That's correct. Uh, Animosity, the Rise hardcover, has a local comic shop day cover variant uh black mask has a four kids walk into a bank hardcover they have Very a nice. black hardcover a cal exit bandana and a young terrorist hardcover local comic shop day versions boom entertainment resist. hashtag resist <laughs> <laughs> boom entertainment has um i gotta talk to john about this one they have a uh, 2017 saban power rangers blind box local comic shop day uh, there's oh, only wow. 250 of them and then they also have local comic shop day WWE Royal Rumble print. Yeah, he'll be all over that. Um, Not the WWE, but the, the blind box. From Oni Press, Rick and Morty Treasury Edition has a local comic shop day variant. Um, Tales from Johnny Wander. And Kyle, we are getting that for sure. So if you want a copy of that, it's fourteen ninety nine. Oni Press, local comic shop, Tales from Johnny Wander. There's a single issue there. And let's see what else we got. Uh, Titan Robotech Kershaw Super Pack. This is, looks like, I think it's four prints based on what I'm seeing. Four Robotech cover prints. Um, Secret Weapons Deluxe Edition from Valiant. Local Comic Shop Day variant. And I think that uh, rounds it out. And that's... It, it's it's tough it's tough for me to pick these things out of the spreadsheet um anything that has lcsd yeah yeah okay so the ones that we're we're going a little bit heavier on we're getting a a good chunk of the well not a good chunk we're getting a healthy amount of the batman hush 15th anniversary deluxe hardcover it's a 50 dollar book but it's uh hush always sells really good and having that variant cover is mm-hmm. good um I think what other ones we're getting here. We are also getting a couple of the Maestros. A couple of Captain America's. A couple of the Planet Hulk hardcovers. Uh, the Planet Hulk hardcover is a $40 hardcover. I don't know. I can't remember them doing as many hardcovers and trades as, as they are this year, which is kind of interesting. But, Yeah. 
So there you go. Great a little stuff. bit of fun. Yeah, nice stuff. And um it's a quick turnaround, man. You you guys you guys earn your your paychecks because you have you get that, you got to process it for yourselves um and and then help your customers decide what if they want something and then turn that around in a couple of days. Yep. It's it's a challenge. Yeah, so most of our customers don't end up seeing the FOC stuff just because it does take a little bit. Anyone who's on our Mail order pull list um, gets an emailed FOC list every Friday, Saturday, depending on when I have time. Um, and then we will update it from there. So, yeah. A perk of being a part of the in-club. I can <laughs> tell you. Yeah. Um, tell us all about uh, how to get a hold of Cowabunga. Um, you're, you're doing the Cowcast, so you can they can listen to your podcast. Um, you're in Oconomowoc, um, and you're at cowabungacomics.com. Um, you have Facebook and Twitter, right? Yep. So we are on Facebook. Uh, you can look for Cowbunga Comics with a K, or you can do facebook.com slash Incredicow. Uh, our Twitter handle is at Incredicow. And yeah, cowbungacomics.com. So that's probably the easiest way is through Facebook. We do most of our stuff there. Uh, every Monday, we drop images of new key issues from collections that have come in over the last week. Uh, most weeks, we get enough collections in that we'll do key drops multiple days. Um, we don't we don't put up a lot of the goofy memes and the the funny pictures and stuff like that. We try and keep it more to products. So I know some people have commented that they don't want to just watch someone that's putting a bunch of goofy things on. That's really not our our shtick. We like to focus on the product. Yeah, we'll take care of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Again, we appreciate uh, you, you helping us uh, sift through these numbers you really help kind of flesh it out from uh the industry side to you know what we see it on one side and and know that it means one thing but you really kind of helped us understand well where these where these books are going and uh, are they getting into readers hands or are they sitting on shelves and 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 how, and how that this stuff is working and and um, it's a fascinating look, and I appreciate your time very much, Eric. Oh, no, thank you. Thanks for letting me come on again, and um, I tend to be long-winded, so hopefully you guys had some caffeine before we started. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> Take us home, Kyle. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for listening to Comics for Fun and Profit. Thank you for tying, tagging along with Eric, Drew, and myself as we ran down comics coming out September 27th. 2017. Of course, you can reach us at all the different social medias. All that can be found at comicsfunprofit.com. But for Eric, Drew, and myself, see you. <laughs>